The following podcast uses words that lawyers don't use in court, even though they're thinking them. Hello and welcome to episode 316 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Today on the show, we talked about a lot of things, another batch of personal statements, and we listed out a bunch of rules that we think were violated on today's show. <laughs> um, we also talked about, wow, all the crazy score increases we've seen recently. Yeah, Vlad sent us in a nice email about his 27-point uh, increase. We'll lead with that at the top of the show. And then in the later, in the very end of the show, we or close to the end of the show, we get to Vlad's personal statement, which uh, we made it through about two sentences of. And then we said, rejected. Try yeah. again. <laughs> Try again. Um, we also did a logical reasoning question in this Today, it was a, a reasoning question, uh, which is a certain question type. But in any case, um, this will air on Monday, September 20th. Uh, the November LSAT registration deadline is right around the corner on Wednesday, uh, September 29th. The October LSAT is coming up soon as well. That starts October 9th. And then the November LSAT is November 13th, or at least starts then. Yep. If you haven't uh, signed up for Demon Free and attended Nathan's October 2021 LSAT study group, I would strongly encourage you to do that. It's free. We're and adding stuff to the Demon Free all the time. This week, we added uh, a we added two new classes. We added an advanced logical reasoning class that you that I taught. You can watch the recording of that with the Demon Free account. We okay, also cool. added a class called the LSAT is easy. It's probably the thing that you should watch first. It's a, an hour long discussion about the state of the LSAT, um, the digital LSAT, which is basically here to stay, the experimental section, which you might've heard about, which is now back. Um, and really the, the rationale behind why law schools only care about your highest LSAT score, which is the fact that 509 reports are a thing. Uh, we talked a lot about scholarships. You know, the tagline on this show is don't pay for law school. And uh, that really is our core mission is to save you a quarter of a million dollars um, on law school. And so we talked about our scholarship estimator and um, how you can get lots of very useful information about law schools and how you can better position yourself for the negotiation that you're going to have with whatever school you end up going to. Uh, yeah. So that's all in this uh, free class, which you can watch a recording of. It's called, uh, oh, and then we also talked about what the LSAT tests and why they test it. I thought it was a very useful one hour kind of introductory thing. So maybe check that out, get yourself a demon free account and go look for that class called the LSAT is easy. Yeah. So to do that, you go to LSATdemon.com. You click sign up, click on the free plan. And then once you're logged in, you'll see on the left-hand side, you'll see a classes tab. You just click on that. And in the search, you can search for easy. And I bet that will pop up right away. Yeah. So. And we're, we're just intensely interested in making our free resources the best thing that's out there. I mean, we've, <laughs> we didn't do 316 episodes of the Thinking LSAT podcast because we didn't want to 
help as many people as much as we can, right? Like that's our kind of our core part of what we do. And yeah. um, like if you're using con or whatever, um, okay, it's better than nothing. But we think our free resources are far better than what con offers. And so I would encourage you to at least check it out. Watch a couple of videos. Come to my study group that's live on Zoom every Thursday at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. Come talk to us. Ask us some questions. We think we can help you a lot, uh, regardless of whether you ever pay us a dime. We think we can help you a lot. Yep. And there's also the our other short form podcast, LSAT Demon Daily. We uh, Those are anywhere from 5 to 20 minutes, and they come out every day. So awesome. Let's do it. Before we dive in, uh, we are hiring. If you would like to help us out with customer service, uh, telephone calls during business hours, maybe TA for our classes, help test new features of the demon, you can email uh, applications to help at lsatdemon.com. No um, LSAT score required for any of those roles. If you have a 170-something LSAT official on record and you would like to teach or tutor for us, uh, that's my department. You can email me. I'm Nathan at lsatdemon.com. We love hiring um, former students and podcast listeners. So, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the show, fan of the demon, and you think you would like to uh, teach for the demon, it's super fun and super rewarding. Uh, email me. Nathan at lsatdemon.com. Yeah, please do. All right. So this first email is from uh, Voldemir. Uh, He says, hey, guys. There's two O's there. So I want to say like Vladimir. 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 Yeah, well, I'm horrible at these. It's like very similar to Vladimir. Vladimir. But it's got to be Vladimir, Vladimir. I think. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Vladimir. Actually, you know what? I think I know that he goes by Vlad. So I think we can just call him Vlad. Vlad. Yeah. Forgive me. I think. I think. Okay. My bad if I'm wrong. Um, hey guys. I wanted to let you know that you guys rock. And then he's got multiple exclamation points. Cool. I just got yep. my LSAT score and it is beautiful. In six <laughs> beautiful. Love that term. In six months of studying with you, I got from a diagnostic one forty two score to an official one sixty nine. Wow. It's all thanks to the demon. I am also registered for the October exam. I will take it, but I think I will still apply with my current score. With a 3.86 GPA and a 169, I hope I can get into a good law school. Praise the demon. Um, P.S. I would like to be read on the Thinking LSAT, if possible. <laughs> Granted. Um, what do you think about this uh, apply now and take the October test? I think that makes sense. I I don't think that he's going to get instantly denied with a 3.86 and a 169. Yeah. Um, So I think at almost every school, he could go ahead and get that application in early, put himself on the radar of all of these schools that he's targeting. You know, it's possible that for a um, Harvard, Stanford, Yale type of situation, maybe you want to wait. Like, I, I guess I could see stanford waitlisting somebody with those numbers yeah well here's an easy rule right put it in the scholarship estimator and if you're not getting a free ride maybe wait yeah yeah or at least like half to full yeah it should say half to full or better 
and then go ahead and fire those applications in. If, if it's not telling you that you're likely to get a big scholarship, then yeah, I could see an argument for holding off for that October score. I do think that he should get greedy and take it again in October. Totally. Um, it's so frequent that we have people who want to settle, you know, well, my target, my goal score was 165 and this is a 169. So I'm done. And it's like, yeah, but you have practice tests on record that indicate that you could probably squeeze out a few more points and law schools clearly only care about your highest score. So why not take it again? We have an email, um, on our other podcast, LSAT Demon Daily, from a student who, very similar to this, right? It was yeah. like, oh, I've already made a 25-point improvement. And we were like, yeah, but your practice tests were even higher than that. You ever think about trying again and get greedy? And she did. And she ended up with a 31-point 31 31 improvement <laughs> in the end and actually yeah. cracked the 170s. And uh, I think she's super glad that she took it again. So, uh, Vlad, I, I do think that you're on the right track by wanting to take October. Yeah. Um, I suppose we should make a side note here. Uh, we do offer LSAT prep. Sometimes our listeners <laughs> listen for a long time and then they don't realize that we actually are in the business of helping people improve their LSAT scores. Um, we would love to work with you. You just got to go to LSATdemon.com. And everything that you need is there. Uh, we teach live classes. We have self-study options. There's just all kinds of different ways that we can help you at lsatdemon.com. Um, 30-point improvements used to be like totally unheard of. Yeah. And they still are rare. Mm -hmm. But scores just came back for the August test. Yeah or last week scores came back for the August test and holy shit. Did we get a mountain of people telling us that they improved by 15, 20, 25. Mm -hmm. It's like not even really remarkable anymore. It's, yeah. you know, now instead of like, Oh my God, this guy improved by 20 points. It's like, Oh my God. So many people improved by 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. I mean, I, it's happening all the time. And so if you're stuck, we would love to try to get you unstuck. It's, it's, we have a documented track record of like really helping people a lot on this test. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want this to be a commercial, but. Well, no, I mean, I can't help but think that a com the combination of drilling, which is a, an effective way to study and a continual emphasis on trying to actually understand the test can't be yeah. useful, right? That's that has it's to so be. weird. It's like so obvious, right? Yeah. But I was working with a student last night, a refugee from PowerScore, who, you know, did all this did all the things, did the full PowerScore class, did all the Bibles, you know, did oh, yeah. 30, 40 practice tests, like this very sincere, hardworking military guy. Yeah. And he was stuck. And one of the things he said to me was like, oh, I've had a demon subscription for a week. And when I look at your explanations, one of the things that really changed my entire way of thinking about the test is that you guys take it one sentence at a time and really engage with it. Yeah. 
And I like started laughing because it seems like the most obvious thing in the world. But what you're talking about is actually understanding this shit. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to slow down. We're going to behave like a lawyer. We're going to actually understand each yeah. piece as we go. And when we do, we realize that the test is actually easy. I don't know why that's like so surprising in this business, but we're not focusing on any kind of gimmicks and tricks and shortcut bullshit. It's it's like, no, the test makes perfect sense, but you have to make sense of it. Yeah. So you have, it's, it's so silly to be able to help people so much by just getting across that one point. Yeah. And you know, you're gonna have to read it. You have to really read it. Mm-hmm. Not just skim over, not just eyes glazed over, but like actually get in there and understand it. And once you do, you realize, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're very, very lucky, Ben. We are extremely lucky to do what we do. It's like not hard, right? It's just like common sense. Yeah. Anyway. Um, cool. Hey, Vlad, yeah. if you're hearing this. Mm-hmm. Since you specifically asked that you would like this email to be read on the Thinking LSAT podcast, which it already has been, another thing that you could do is you could get your voice onto the Thinking LSAT podcast. Uh, it would be beautiful if you could just record a short thing on your phone of you saying, hey, this is Vlad. I improved my LSAT from 142 to 169 using the LSAT demon. And say whatever else you want, <laughs> but little things like that would be amazing snippets for the show. How much you love or hate us, it would be entertaining. <laughs> My name's Vlad, and you guys suck. <laughs> but fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we, we we need some of that. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, no, send it in. That's for anyone. We'd love to get your voice on the show. So help, help at thinkinglsat.com. Cool. All right. So next up, we have a logical reasoning question. I feel like, is it my turn to read it or yours? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So this is from... To be clear. Yeah, we're going to actually understand it. We're going to go one sentence at a time. We're going to expect it to be poorly written, kind of convoluted. We're going to expect the argument, if there is an argument, we're going to expect that argument to be incomplete if not downright flawed sometimes it's valid logic but we're expecting it to be kind of bullshit but we're going to understand what it says and we're going to understand what it's trying to do and we're going to do that before we mess around at all with the question and god forbid the answer choices sounds good i was getting ready to skim it but that's what you want to do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so this is <laughs> just no that's good it's a good you know every time i teach logical reasoning it might be on a certain topic but i'm like okay let me make something perfectly clear here this is what we're going to do first and then my discussion about necessary and sufficient assumptions or whatever is really secondary because you yeah. don't want people to get like caught up in that right you're like yeah that's important but I really don't want you to forget the number one goal, which is nice because it's always the same. It's always the same. It's not like you have to go and memorize, oh, what should I do for this? It's like you always do the same thing. You read and you understand, and it doesn't even matter what section you're in. Logical reasoning, games, uh, 
reading comp, whatever. Yep. So this is test 73, section 2, question 16. It says, the top prize in architecture, the Pritzker Prize, the Pritzker Prize, hmm, is awarded for individual achievement like Nobel Prizes for science. Um, okay. Not a lot to unpack there. Just it is an award in architecture. It's the top prize in architecture. Yep. And then they make this simile or comparison to the to Nobel Prizes for science. I, I get it. I, I understand what a prize is. Okay. Cool. Sure. But architects are judged by their buildings, and buildings are the result of teamwork. I guess they're going to probably say something like, so this is where the reading comprehension strategy of like predicting what you're going to read next kind of comes in. Sure. That yeah. but makes me indicate that like, oh, so maybe there's a difference between architecture and science because you just brought up this comparison, but then you're now you're saying, but architects are judges by judged by their buildings and buildings are the result of teamwork. And so then that makes me think, wait, so is the Nobel Prize for science not teamwork based? I, I, I'm thinking yeah. that's got to be where they're going to go next. You know what's funny about that too is that I'm I'm anticipating the same thing, but I'm also almost already coming up with ca- counter arguments too because I'm like, well, well, in science, someone might come up with something, but it's not like they did it by themselves. Maybe they did. Yeah, but- no, that is that is my reaction to it too. It's like, wait, are you gonna tell me that science isn't the yeah. result of teamwork? Yeah, there's no way that you're building the. Uh, you know, large hadron collider or whatever the hell that thing is, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're you're not doing that by yourself. That's obviously got to be a team effort. So anyway, it continues as achievements. Buildings are not like scientific discoveries, but like movies, which compete for awards for best picture. What? (laughs) Okay. I mean, Movies are obviously also a huge team effort. Yeah. I mean, making, you know, the whatever most recent, you know, Pixar movie or whatever, that shit took 10 years and thousands of people. Yeah. But I think scientific discoveries are too. So they, they kind of are like, this is kind of conclusory, right? Hmm. I mean, I guess I get it that a building is not like a discovery. Yeah. It's that like part I can understand. It. Yeah. Well, like a building yeah. and a movie is very intentional, yeah. but I guess I sure. still would be pushing back going, yeah, but so is that fucking gigantic collider. I mean, like they, they might not have been sure exactly what they were going to discover, but they definitely knew what they were doing or trying to do. Yeah. Well, now it makes me think, hmm. Maybe this person has a point, but also maybe everything is teamwork. <laughs> so science should be reconsidered, right? How they award those things. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep going here. Thus, it would be better if the top prize in architecture were awarded to the best building rather than the best architect. <sighs> okay. I, you know, their point is this is a team effort. Yep. Why are we giving the top prize in architecture for individual achievement if a building is a team effort just like a movie 
but then it also it's just so strange i mean that's how these arguments are right like they they're just inherently bullshitty because it's like but you just said that you said like movies which compete for awards for best picture but that's like giving the building the award best picture is for the best movie Oh wait, so that's what they're saying is like, yeah, let's that's give it to saying, the yeah. let's give the picture. <laughs> okay, oh, well, okay, then I make the argument the other way, which is sure. they also give Oscars for director and for screenplay yeah. and for yeah. actor, and so <laughs> they give plenty of individual achievement awards in the movies. I guess Best Picture is yep. the biggest award, though. That seems like that's the top prize, and if this is the mm. top prize for architecture, then I can see where they're going. Okay, so. Mm. You know, okay, wrapping my mind around it, it's a, they're making an argument by analogy, right? They're saying, well, it's not really like science, which is discovery based or it's, this is more like movies, which are building a big thing in a team effort. And so maybe the award for architecture should be more like the top award for movies. It didn't actually explicitly state anything about, you know, best picture, but that yeah. seems to be their point, right? Like, well, we give yeah. movie, we give an award for the top movie. We should give an award for the top building. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the two questions in my mind are, well, is this a legitimate argument? And because it's an analogy, you always have to wonder, is the analogy a good one? And so in my mind, I'm wondering, are is creating a building more similar to creating a movie or is it more similar to you know discovering something in science and i have to say i'm a little sympathetic to this argument i guess creating a building does seem a little bit more like creating a movie than discovering something yeah but like you can also make the argument the exact opposite way right it's like you're sympathetic to it what that means is you can understand it but yeah. you also are going to be able to recognize the inherent weaknesses in both the analogy and the like anti-analogy, which they're doing here, right? They're saying it's sure. it's not scientific discovery. It is movies. And my counter argument to the it's not scientific discovery, my counter argument is, but science is also a big group team effort in most cases. Yep. Um, and then my argument against the pro analogy that they're trying to draw here where they're saying oh no it's like the movies yeah they give plenty of individual awards in the movies sure sure so the first question i'm asking myself is is the analogy a good one all right and that's what we were just debating yep the second question i i'm asking myself is okay well even if the analogy is a good one have we established that the way they do things in the movies is the best way Right. Like you could be like, hey, I've proven to you that building a building is much more like movies than like science. Okay, let's assume that's true for a half second. Does that mean that we should do what they do in the movies? Yeah, because maybe what they're doing there isn't the best way to award people. Right. So totally. There's problems. Okay. (laughs) Needless to say, the question says the argument proceeds by. It's a reasoning question. We call it a reasoning question. Um, It's a variety of a must be true type of question, which are super, super common. They're testing your reading, I think, more than they're testing anything else. Um, They want you to pick an answer here that is 
conservatively rooted in the words on the page. Um, I know in advance that there are going to be wrong answers that like oversell whatever the argument actually did. Because that's just the most, that's I think the easiest way for the writers of the test to create attractive but nonetheless wrong answers. I mean, they have to sure. make four wrong answers for every right answer. So yeah. what they do on must be trues generally and what they do on reasoning questions specifically is they'll have an answer that starts off basically correct. Yes, they did this thing that's being described. And then they just kind of add a little something different or a little something extra, a little something more than it could be more specific or it could be more broad. Yeah. Just more. That's what the wrong answers are going to look like where it's like, nope, they didn't do quite all that. I can't vouch for that. The one right answer is going to be the one where if I was asked to testify, you know, if the judge was like, Hey, counsel, is this thing in the record? Does it say that in the record? I would be able to go, Oh yes, your honor. It's, it's in the record. I mean, it's right here. Yep. Nothing different, nothing extra. It's in the record. That's what I'm looking for. Perfect. I'd probably make a prediction here as well. I mean, I think that an analogy could definitely have something to do with it, right? Like that, this argument clearly did proceed by making this analogy making to it. other things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the argument, people get hung up by that phrase, proceeds by. The argument proceeds by. In other words, how does it unfold? How does it proceed? How does it um, go forward, right? But you don't That's even have to, it, it's actually, they're not at, they don't even really mean that. They, they don't mean for you, these, this question type, the correct answer does not have to capture the entire argument. No, it does not. I'm so, not saying that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I think what students should do is when they see the argument proceeds by, you can actually just cross out proceeds by. I mean, it's like the argument does what Yeah. <laughs> the argument did what one of these five do? things and it, and it yeah. doesn't at all have to capture the entire argument. It doesn't have to capture the main conclusion of the argument. It, it could be just anything that the argument did. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Which comes back to one other point about the LSAT being incomplete is okay. Being inaccurate is a serious problem. Yep. The wrong answers here are going to be inaccurate. They're going to be too much. They're going to be yeah. extra or different. The right answer can totally be just like one tiny part you know, mentions an analogy. Sure. Yep. Yep. So the argument proceeds by a reaching a conclusion about the way something should be done in one field on the basis of comparisons with corresponding practices in other fields. Totally. Okay. The, the conclusion, I mean, you know, yes, your honor, this argument did make a conclusion about the way something should be done in the field of architecture. Specifically, it said it would be better if the top prize were awarded in this other way. So that's a conclusion about the way something should be done. And it did make two comparisons to corresponding practices in other fields. 
It talked about the Nobel Prize for Science. It talked about the award for Best Picture. So it's clearly talking about, it's making comparisons. One of them was like positive. It was like, it, was like, it should be like this, but it shouldn't be like this. But that's comparisons yeah. to corresponding practices in other fields. That's the answer. I mean, I would click, I would click it. Sure. And then I would skim B, C, D, and E, each of which I know are wrong 80% of the time because all answers are wrong 80% of the time. But here I'm now like 99% B, C, D, and E are all going to be wrong. I'm just going to check to make sure that I have a reason. And that reason can be as simple as I don't even know what you're talking about. Cool. Okay. B, B. The argument proceeds by making a distinction between two different types of objects in order to conclude that one has more inherent value than the other. Okay. Um, no. Where did it say? It didn't like say architecture is better than science. And, I, I just objects like what objects like the prize. Yeah. It's not like the Pritzker prize is worth more than the Nobel prize. Sure. Which that's what it would have to have said, something along those lines to make B correct. C. The argument proceeds by pointing to similarities between two practices as a basis for concluding that criticisms of one practice can rightly be applied to the other. There weren't any criticisms of any practice. Nope. You know, it was never like um, movie like, people yeah. are super mean to their interns. Therefore... Architects the practice, are really yeah, mean the to their interns. Or the practice of awarding, you know, prizes to best pitcher has been criticized. No, no, I don't think it. I mean, this author is criticizing a practice of giving the Pritzker Prize for individual achievement, like for an architect. Yes. Like that's the author doesn't like that practice, but the author doesn't say like, well, they do it over there and it's wrong over there. So it's also wrong over here. Yeah. Rather or the, the, or that criticisms of one of the practices can rightly be applied. Like right. what cr criticism from who? It's just like, I can't point to anywhere in the record that mentions criticisms. Okay. D the argument proceeds by arguing that because two different fields are disanalogous, the characteristics of one field are not relevant to justifying a conclusion about the other. Nah, that would, okay. So to make that the correct answer, the argument would have to have said, um, architecture and movies are totally different. So the fact that movies have this one characteristic doesn't mean anything about architecture. Yeah. It's like the opposite of what this argument is doing. It would be like, there's no analogy here, so we can't draw any conclusions right. on the basis of it. Right. E, the argument proceeds by contending that an action is inappropriate by presenting an argument that a corresponding action in an analogous case is inappropriate. I mean, I guess the argument is kind of saying it's inappropriate to give the Pritzker Prize for individual achievement. Sure. Mm -hmm. But but the way it proceeded was, hey, movies award best picture we should do that mm -hmm. what he's describing is you know it's wrong of them to do it in that case therefore it's also wrong to do it in our case yeah 
Yeah, because it says in an analogous case, and so there they were trying to present science as a disanalogous case. Yeah. Right. So that it's just uh, boy. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's close. It's using all the right words, but the meaning of that is not. It's just that's not what they did. You know, we we have to read this carefully enough to actually understand it. You have to make sense of it. Yeah. Um, and I already made sense of a, I'm willing to stand up and testify that a is accurately reflects the record B, C, D, and E. They got a lot of the right words, but the meaning of them just, it's, they're all slightly wrong. And so the answer is a, here's one thing. If you're still stuck on E, think about it this way. The author didn't say that what they did in science is inappropriate or what they did in movies is inappropriate. In fact, the the author seems to agree with what they do in science and with what they do in movies and says, therefore, that's what we should do. Or because that's what we do in movies, that's what we should do in architecture. If you want to talk about what's inappropriate, the only thing that's inappropriate is what we do in architecture. But the author didn't say that that was inappropriate in the analogous cases such as, yeah, it was like, it's, it's appropriate what they do in science, but we're not like science. Yes. It's also appropriate what they do in movies and we are like movies. So we should do what they do in the movies, not we should do what they do in science. But yeah, it was never saying that any of these analogous or disanalogous cases, what they, the behavior in those fields is not ever described as inappropriate for those fields. Correct. Excellent. All right. Moving on. One question at a time, by the way, the way to improve your LSAT logical reasoning is one question at a time. I I cannot stress this enough. Students all the time, they want to like do this whole big mass amount of practice and they want to like then try to, tease out these trends and themes and, you know, oh, certain question types that I struggle with or whatever. I don't think any of that is really the most efficient way to go about it. I think you should do one question at a time. In the demon, we call that drilling. You do one question and then, man, if you miss that question, you get pissed about it. And you like really dig in to the written explanation or the video explanation and you just, you have to sort it out before you move on to some other shit. You have to sort that one question out. <laughs> Dude. Uh, I, I, I know you're going to kill me when I make this analogy yet again, but I was working out this morning. Right. Uh-huh. And I have to emphasize this. Like when I do a set, I look back at what I did before. So it might be like six reps or something like that, but I actually ignore that six and I focus on doing rep one and then rep two and doing rep three like perfectly. And then if I get to six, great. But if I focus on doing six reps, like if I focus on the end goal, then I'll get sloppy because it's like I'm trying to get to that point as opposed to just doing the best I can on the yeah. one I'm doing right now. And then it's like once that's done, I can focus 100% on the next rep. And then that makes it so that each of them are like, yeah. good reps as opposed to like cheat reps because I'm so concerned about getting to the end or doing worse than I did last time. And usually I end up doing better. That uh, power score. I think that analogy is perfect. I'm not going to kill you at all for that. Uh, the the power score um, refugee that I was working with yesterday, he did the, he did the typical thing. I, I had him share his screen with me. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I can so I can see his whole section and he wanted to talk about question number 20 and we talked through question number 20 and it actually was a reasoning question and he hmm. had missed it in a predictable way just not really understanding what what they're asking and yeah um but after our, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, making sure that we were like a hundred percent clear on why the right answer is right and why the wrong answer is wrong and how it took two mistakes for you to miss that question. And you have to clean that up. And, you know, it was a very productive discussion of that one question. But then before we move on, I also have to look at that bottom line there where I can see the right and wrong answers throughout the entire section. Yeah. And this dude who's, really trying to reach 170 he's he's stuck you know with he can't 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 clear that last hurdle to get to 170 and of course he wants to talk to me about the hardest lr question in the section but i yeah. look down and i see number nine wrong and number 10 wrong yeah and it's like hey dude what about these earlier reps that you cheated like yeah. you, your problem is not actually that real hard one. Your problem is you're leaving so much on the table on those earlier, easier ones. And this whole thing makes perfect sense if you make sense of it. But I mean, you're just, you're not actually doing those questions. You think you're doing them, but you're not doing them because yeah. you didn't find, you didn't solve it. You didn't get the right answer. Yeah. You did not solve the question. It's solvable. There's one right answer. There's four wrong answers. You didn't take the time to actually solve it. Therefore, you got zero instead of one. And you did that on two questions in a row on the first 10. Mm. And you're not gonna score in the 170s if you keep doing that shit. Yeah. You know, like that's your problem. I, I know your problem. Your problem is you're, you're sloppy. I, I know that you don't intend to be sloppy, but you're definitely sloppy. Because you, you, you needed to get paid for those questions. If you're going, you think you're going to make it to 170. Well, not that way. You know, it's crazy too, is you said that he was stuck, right? And he's yeah. trying to get to 170 stuck. I would say it could be even worse than being stuck in the sense that when you're being sloppy and you're missing question like seven and then question nine, mm -hmm. which you should be nailing, I think you're actually on a deep level forming a bad habit oh for sure because you know if you're going to miss number nine and ten then yep. i guarantee that there's other questions even inside that first 10 that you don't you don't really get it you you half-assed it and you you got it right but you kind of got lucky and so and yeah you're, you're building this bad it's bad form right i mean you're just like you're building this bad form yeah you're like used to understanding something 85 percent of the way there and then it's like, yeah, yeah, D seems, yeah, that makes the most sense. And you pick it and you're right sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes you're wrong. And yeah. when you go back and review it, you're like, oh, you shrug and you're like. Oh, yeah, I, that was my next choice. And right. It's just <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, yeah, but the wrong answer you picked is objectively wrong for these reasons. Like you vouched for that answer. That answer is not what the record reflects. And we can talk about why. Furthermore, how did you not pick this other answer, which is correct, which is right there on the page, which is the credited, correct, uh, again, objectively correct answer. And you didn't pick that. 
and yeah, people just are kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I there was something in that. I you know, get it. I uh, get it. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and this guy was not like that at all. But that that is the common. You know, that's the common mode that people have where they, like they think it's OK to just make these casual mistakes and pick a second best answer. And it's like, no, that that answer wasn't even second best. It's objectively wrong. Yeah. You know, and you made two mistakes. It's not one. It's two mistakes to miss that question. Yeah. People love looking at that wrong answer that they picked. You know, and being like, well, yeah, but I just thought it meant this or something. And it's like okay fine but there's this other answer did you fully consider that other answer because that other answer is the correct answer or they do it the other way right where it's like well i didn't like some part of whatever the correct answer is i didn't pick that because i didn't like x Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah but you instead you vouched for this other answer which is worse i mean just like clearly wrong z and (laughs) yeah like it's wrong for three different reasons and you picked that instead i mean i get it that you didn't like fall in love with the correct answer but how the hell did you pick that yeah and that's how i'm not trying to beat anybody up but that's how people end up eventually scoring perfect on the logical reasoning is that they just refuse to make both of those mistakes on the same question all right end of lecture (laughs) Nathan out. <laughs> okay, so pearls versus turds. Scoreboard. scoreboard we don't have one. Is... Sorry, that's in there, but there's no actual content. Oh, <laughs> I'm completely blind. I just like literally read what's next. <laughs> um, thank you. Personal statements. Yep, wow. we got a whole mountain of them. Um, these have been coming in fast and furious. There's more than we can possibly handle. We cannot promise that we're going to get to everybody's personal statement. Sorry, y'all. Um, and, you know, now we're starting to get emails that are like, I really want to apply this week. So can you do my personal? It's like, no, that's not how this works. We, we're getting to as many of them as we can. You would have had much better chances if you would have submitted in April. Um, but we, we are putting them all in the queue. The way that you get them to us, by the way, is you go to mm-hmm. lsat.link slash statement. Yep. You have to go through the gauntlet. The gauntlet requires you to acknowledge that you have considered uh, many pieces of existing advice that we've already written and podcasted about. Again, that's lsat.link slash statement. That's the only way we're going to accept your personal statements. Um, and we have a whole... Have, have these been through the gauntlet? Because I know not all of them is new. Some okay. of these were on the list for a while before. Um, okay. Oh, and you know what? This one at the top, I feel like it might also be at the bottom Yep. All right. Okay. This just came in. So I've got, uh, by the way, um, this is kind of the problem when people submit multiple drafts. Uh, don't do that, please. If you can avoid it, send us your one best one. Again, if you want to submit a statement, go to lsat.link forward slash statement and answer those questions. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Z's personal statement. I'll, I'll start. Go for it. Oh, wait. I have to put 10 minutes on the clock. That's the most you get. Oh, wait. We decided it's like eight minutes, huh? Yeah. Maybe we should bump it down. To Let's seven. try seven minutes. Okay. Timer, seven minutes. Start. I am a PhD student in the philosophy department at Redacted. Don't capitalize philosophy department. When I started to work as a teaching assistant for an ancient philosophy course, 
most of what I covered in my sections were excerpts from Plato. Why do people, why are people so obsessed with when they started their job? I don't know. Do we have a a commandment against that? Well, I think it was like, stop talking about job interviews and job offers. This is like almost like a like a way to work around. It. Oh, I won't <laughs> like, talk about. Yeah, but I would get I you on a technicality and talk about my training. Well, don't talk about that either. Okay. Anyway, when I started, I was covering Plato. Okay, got it. In these sections, I would help students understand and Plato's arguments. Care. Sorry. What? I said, and I don't care. Like I, I don't, I don't know where this is going. So far, two sentences in, I'm not excited. Yeah. In these sections, I would help students understand Plato's arguments, which were built into a Socratic dialogue in terms of a list of premises and a conclusion. What? That's a very strange in terms of. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you're described, you're like wanting to tell me that you understand what Socratic dialogue is but I don't care. Like, are you, I, I don't know. I wonder if this is like, well, but law school uses the Socratic method. So I want to show that I'm familiar with it, which yeah. unfortunately you'll probably show that you're not, but okay. I used an online program vague for creating decision trees and adapted it for deconstructing arguments in class. That's kind of cool. I guess I would like to, you might as well just name the program that you're using, right? That's a specific detail that could be interesting. If you're going to tell me this story, I would, I don't, I would like to know, I guess. Yeah. Or even just talk about creating decision trees and helping people deconstruct arguments in class. I don't know. It depends on where he's going with it. (laughs) The students would tell me what they have identified as premises presented in the text as well as, which you just say, and the students would tell me what they have identified what they have identified, there's a tense, that's a verb tense problem. I'm losing patience. Mm-hmm. What they have identified as premises presented in the text and necessary assumptions for the arguments in the text to work. Ugh. Which misunderstands what necessary assumptions do. Necessary assumptions are something that the author must agree with. They're not about making the argument work. But anyway, um, that's an LSAT teacher aside, but this is sounding like an LSAT teacher, right? Like you want, want to be LSAT teacher. Yeah. I don't know where you're going. I have no idea where you're going with it. Yeah. I would then type the student's suggestion in the program, have the student's contribution to the structure of the argument visually represented on the screen and ask the rest of the class what they thought about this suggestion. I would boy, why are you? I would. I did not. I would sometimes. Yeah. I would would sometimes have just say what you did. I I would this two sentences in a row that start with, I would, I would sometimes have the students do this work in small groups and then gather back to compare the argument structures. They came up with a frequent homework. I assigned. seems like there's missing words there, right? I don't, that's a strange way to use the word homework. Um, a frequent homework I assigned was to convert these structures into the clearest possible prose. Oh, dear God. Yeah, your prose is not clear. Don't talk about clear prose if your writing is not, like, clear. 
This way, the students would be able to see the argument in three phases, colon, presented originally, deconstructed into premises and main conclusion, and reconstructed, oh my God, in a straightforward prose, <sighs> which has Oy. the blue squigglies in Google, which is clearly, it just, it's incorrect. You got to drop the A. <laughs> Reconstructed in straightforward prose, which you're not giving us. Um, there are several. This is not good, Z. No, there's. I, I, I would probably be done if I were an admissions officer. I, I would be done. There are several errors in this one first paragraph. I don't feel like I need to know anything more about, you know, one of the primary things that I'm looking for is your writing. This, this is meant to be, you know, this is like supposed to be a professional document that you did your best on with unlimited time. Unlimited time and unlimited external resources. Right. And they don't know who you're talking to and getting feedback on this. And boy, you are like, here's the best I can possibly do. And you have mistakes. It's like, well, damn, your best ain't good enough. Yeah. Clean it up and try again. I, I really caution people to not mention writing in their own writing. Yep. Let your writing speak for itself. The second you start talking about writing, ugh, I mean, it, there, yeah. there are multiple errors in the same, in this one first paragraph. I'm done. Okay. Thanks, Z. Seven minutes for Camila. Okay. Prior to completing a master's degree in human resources and industrial relations, I served as a legal assistant for an interest for an interesting attorney in downtown Chicago's LaSalle Street. LaSalle. LaSalle Street. Hey, Camila, don't capitalize human resources and industrial relations. If you're in doubt, just don't capitalize stuff. I also don't understand the point of any of that phrase. Uh, prior to completing your master's degree in this area, I served as a legal assistant. Just say... Good point. I served as a legal assistant, or I... What did you actually do for this, quote interesting attorney. yeah i served I, I as to... and i worked as are the same thing it's the both boring because you don't you're not just like getting around to saying what you actually did and then sorry ben i stepped on yeah an interesting attorney my eyebrow raised there and i'm like okay what do you mean by that and like this is a professional document and now i'm like mildly curious what you have to say she continues just I cut that adjective just cut it. Yeah, you yeah. don't need it. If it's so interesting, go ahead and get to why it's interesting. Don't force this conclusion. I, I, I have no, I am forced. <laughs> oh, man, it's just me, I suppose. But as a skeptic, <laughs> as a critic, I am forced to go, oh, really? An attorney that's interesting? Okay. Oh, boy. Wow. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about this guy. This is going to be fascinating. Yeah. And it might be interesting in a lot of bad ways, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Interesting is used as an insult half the time. Yeah. Also, just like, is this going to be, I, there's too many, there's far too many of these stories that are like, I met an attorney one time and that's why I want to go to law school. I hope that's not <laughs> what this turns into. <sighs> 
Also, by the way, this looks like it's fully justified. I don't know if that's from your That copy could be a copy-paste thing, but that's getting rejected, by the way, these days. I'm sorry to be a dick about it, but we have way too many of these. Like, we cannot get through all of them. And if you send yeah. in your shit and it's more than two pages, that's an auto not reading it. If you send it in and it's not double-spaced, I'm not reading it. If it's full justified, I'm not reading it. The, you yep. have to follow the rules. Um, like the Van Halen rider on their rock concert <laughs> contract. If I see brown M&Ms, goodbye. That's it. Like the, You need to follow those instructions. Because if you don't follow those instructions, then I know you're not following any of our other instructions. Anyway. Well, wait, really quick. Have we talked about that rider on the show? I wrote about it last week. I, I saw you wrote about it. But just to, <laughs> for those of you who are catching up... I had known about that M&M writer for ages. Um, when I was doing legal writing consulting, um, my boss at the time, Ross Cooperman, told me, you know, we use that as an example for a lot of things. And I always just thought that it was about, you know, asking for something because you could. <laughs> and then when <laughs> I realized... You never got the point that, of the story. <laughs> then, no, I never got the point of the story. I just thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. Like, I guess wow, those guys are dicks. What? They really don't like yeah, brown m Yeah, they're dicks, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, well, they're rich. Okay, I get it. Um, but so basically, it was Van Halen, right? So yes. Van Halen said, put M&Ms in our room be- backstage and make sure there are no brown M&Ms. Sounds like a dick move. <laughs> but it was actually an easy way for them to see whether their venue had read the contract carefully because if they failed to do that, then they probably failed to do a bunch of other things, which at the time were very crucial to a successful performance. And then they knew that they either had to fix that. Like they weren't going to have the speakers right or the monitors right or the guitars set mm -hmm, up in the proper mm -hmm. thing or the mics or the lights or the fucking fireworks or whatever it was, like all the shit that they wanted for their whole bitchin' rock show. Mm-hmm. And so they said, we want a bowl of M&Ms backstage and we want all the brown M&Ms removed. And yep. they would walk in and if they see no M&Ms, they were out. And if they saw a bowl of M&Ms and it had the brown M&Ms, they were out. It was like, goodbye. Yep. Because goodbye. we can't trust that you did all the other things we asked you to do. So peace. Yeah, how can you do the harder stuff if you can't do this? Very simple these. instructions. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I am not Van Halen, but uh, if you would like our help, then these things need to start to be followed um, or they're, you're just not going to make it onto the agenda. Anyway, yep. I paused um, Camila. Well, I want to give Camila a fair shake. So we paused for our Van Halen discussion. Okay. So she's working as a legal assistant for this interesting attorney in downtown Chicago. Great. She continues. I use the phrase, quote, legal assistant loosely as that job included tasks that went beyond the scope of traditional legal work from appearing in court on his behalf, to painting the office brown to exude professionalism. Omit. What do you mean brown exudes professionalism? (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's a little bizarre. And also appearing in court, it sounds like traditional legal work. So I'm, I'm confused about how that's outside the scope of traditional legal work. And I'm kind of put off by the fact that you're telling me what falls into traditional legal work as if you know there's just a lot of telling here period right you're telling me that this is an interesting attorney you're telling me that this is beyond the scope of traditional legal work which your reader knows more about than you do in most cases um you're telling me that the color brown in an office exudes professionalism sounds 
just a like, bunch of conclusions. Okay. Like I don't, it's a bunch of opinions. Anyway, keep, keep going. This interesting attorney was my uncle, a brash cowboy boot wearing criminal defense attorney who always encouraged me to pursue the law because I quote, got the right mind for it. Omit. Omit. Jeez Louise. I mean, now this undercut, like I thought at first you had a job with an attorney and I was like, Oh wow. Like you have this experience. And now it's like, Oh, it was a job with your uncle. I don't know. You're undercutting your own like points. Leave your uncle out of it. He's not applying to law school. I'm here to learn about you. I don't give a shit. Uh, Really? (laughs) Your uncle's cowboy boots. Come on. Or cowboy hat. No cowboy boots. Either way. I don't care. What, what are we doing here? I'm here to learn about you. And like the fact also, Ben, that quote, I got, I got the right mind for it. Yeah. It's just like, you're trying to force that onto me. Like, Oh, well, my uncle thinks I'm good for law school. So you will, but it's grammatically incorrect, right? Like she, she's (laughs) presenting a, she's, she, she meant it as like, here's how he speaks. Look, ha ha. Isn't that interesting? He's an attorney who says I got the right mind for it. And it's like, okay, but that makes me not give one fuck what your uncle thinks. It's like, I just, you and you choosing to intentionally quote something that is grammatically incorrect in this professional document. Yeah. It's like, boy, you better, boy, man, you really think that that's very important because you're going to go ahead and just like blatantly make an intentional grammar mistake for what purpose? Well, even just ignoring the grammar, I'm like, what you're going to like now you, you think you're going to convince me that because your uncle thinks you're good at it. Well, that's the other thing, right? Even the sentiment is it's a violation of our commandments, right? Like I don't want your origin story about your, you, since you were a kid, you liked arguing and everybody told you that you should be an attorney or whatever. I don't, I don't care who ever told you that you should be an attorney. I don't want to hear that. I'm deciding that his polar opposite. I am hyper rational and thoughtful with a bothersome moral compass. Oh, please. (laughs) It's just all telling. Like now I just, Oh, I have to believe you. Oh, you must be hyper rational. Oh, and you must be thoughtful. And boy, what to add, you're also moral. We're out of time. Yeah. I would not. I think this whole first paragraph has to go. It's, this is a super common. Look at the second paragraph. The last 15 out of an 18 year career in HR have been at Intel corporation, the world's largest semiconductor manufacturing company, which you don't have to tell me what Intel does. But the point is, <laughs> Hey, this, this sounds person, much more professional. Ben, yeah. this is an adult grown person. Yeah. yeah. And instead of telling me about working in HR at fucking Intel, which I'm sure is fascinating. I'm sure she has all kinds of amazing big wins that she could have told me about and her professional law career related, law related issues instead HR is filled with that shit she went back before intel before her master's degree to waste our time with an entire boring ass first paragraph full of conclusions about shit that happened literally that ha- that was literally 20 years ago Look at this. I I just skimmed ahead to the third paragraph. I am now responsible for the investigation of statutory complaints raised by (laughs) and against Intel employees and its contractors. Shit, dude. You can kick everyone's asses, but most people would never even get to this point. Nope. Uh, Try again, Camila. Um, 
but you get that first paragraph and your uncle and how you decided to go into HR, get rid of all that shit and just like start your story today. Start your story with what important work you do right now. I want to know who you are. I don't want to know who you were. And I certainly don't want to know about your uncle. Yeah. I want to know who you are and what you actually do now. And you're just wasting so much time getting there that boy, if we got a phone call, you know, we just did seven minutes. Ah, okay. Next. Like I don't, I wouldn't even have gotten to any of this shit about what you actually do in interesting, like modern, the modern world. Um, I, one last thing before we move off of Camila, look at this first sentence in the last paragraph. Yeah. Although it's been many years, I still have the right mind for law school. Cut that shit out of there. Don't tell me things. Yeah, stop. Show me things. Just talk about what you actually do at work. I will make my own conclusions about whether you have the right mind for law school. You're, you obviously think you have the right mind for law school. Otherwise, you wouldn't be applying to law school. And all that is is your opinion. And you don't get to tell me that that's... I'm not... You saying that makes does not make me more likely to believe it. It has the opposite of the intended effect. Yes. It invites us to go, oh, really? Whereas if you didn't say that, we'd probably be thinking that. We'd be like, wow, you work in HR on statutory issues? Sounds like you have the right mind for law school. And then you say it, and we're like, really? It's weird. Okay, next one. Thank you, Camila. Okay. This is Georgios. Recently, I briefed a United States ambassador and his staff providing updates on the United States Air Force's uh, USAF intelligence support to our partner nation's counterterrorism mission. That's not a good sentence. I, I think that this topic seems like cool, but... Yeah, it seems like a great topic, but it's way too long of a sentence, and it's like... Read that uh, out loud, dude. Like, yeah. you... If... This is another thing, like read your statements out loud before you submit them to us. Cause that sentence, what it, mm-hmm. just make it shorter. And yeah, can we just kind of assume that we don't need these dumb acronyms? I'm scanning down the rest of this and there's like five acronyms that are going to be used. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, that's just like guys, military shit, right? Yeah. In almost all cases, okay, you take a long, let's use this as an example. It says United States Air Force, okay? So the acronym that you gave us is USAF. I get it. But when you ever refer to the United States Air Force again, you could just say Air Force. It's not an acronym, and we're not going to be confused. You could have said Air Force in the first place. I yeah. am going to infer that it's probably the United States Air Force that you're talking yep. about. I mean, and if I yep. wanted to double check, I glance at your resume and I'm going to see United States Air Force. I get it. <laughs> you already said United States earlier in the same sentence, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that it's anything other than the United States Air Force. Anyway, yeah. this is probably going to be an interesting topic. I the The execution of that first sentence sucks. Fielding questions, I explained how the USAF mission worked to meet the U.S. government's overarching strategic goals in the country. Fielding questions, comma, I explained. Okay, again, too much U.S. Look, he said United States twice in the first sentence and U.S. Then he said U.S. again twice in the second sentence. So he has said United States or U.S. five times in two sentences. Ugh, too much. Also, I don't like this phrase, 
overarching strategic goals in the country. Like what? How about just the U.S. government's goals in the country or whatever, right. or a particular goal? It's like, I get it. The big goals. Like, it's just... Yeah, that's the double speed. adjective, right? Like, yeah. it, adverbs are obviously... I just said one. Um, well, <laughs> adverbs are just... Um, should be omitted like they and it's kind of clearer like it's easier to see why adverbs should be omitted but adjectives should also be omitted yeah like you need to you can go ahead and write it that way because that's how it comes that's how it comes to your mind that's how it comes to your lips like that's how you would have said it put it out there all on the paper like that and then when you go through and edit you got to get rid of the adverbs and adjectives all like half of them or more yeah cuz you could have just said goals and i would have thought oh probably those are overarching strategic goals. i mean <laughs> i just don't need yeah that's a good your go- yeah, the government's goals in the country i get it they- what else oh, would they oh. be <laughs> yeah okay when prompted question mark or sorry comma so this is two sentences in actually three sentences in a row look at georgios's style yeah every sentence starts with a little preamble he's just got to have a little preamble recently Mm -hmm. comma (laughs) that's the first word recently i briefed okay (laughs) fine what what are we talking about just i i recently briefed how about i this how about this is what i do how about just kind of more yeah. plain I, I don't know or but so, i brief yeah yeah i brief you know this is what i do yeah um fielding questions comma at the beginning of the second sentence when prompted comma at the beginning of the third sentence <laughs> like why are you so afraid to just carry the ball like you i wouldn't have done this if i wasn't fielding questions i wouldn't or have done prompted. this if i wasn't being yeah. prompted what value does that add anyway yeah. when it actually prompted, undercuts it totally because now it sounds like you're like a little yeah it's passive you know person sitting there and waiting i'm oh, waiting for them prompted. to prompt me oh yeah hi yeah i, I mean that's <laughs> obviously not georgios had georgios has no idea that that's how it comes off but that that's how it comes off um yeah Anyway, when prompted, I delivered a technical explanation of how our airborne intelligence assets were able to pass imagery to our partners on the ground at near real-time speeds. This high-level briefing was a highlight of my eight years serving as a USAF intelligence officer, which you don't capitalize intelligence officer, comma, but not an isolated event. No matter the assignment or deployment, my job has been to manage teams, create analytical products for the intelligence community, parentheses, IC, and act as an executive briefer for military and government senior leadership. I guess, you know, if the phone rings right now, I'm thinking, okay, kind of a clunky writer, but I, but I also am like, all right, U S air force intelligence officer for eight years, probably going to be good. Yeah. Which is crazy because this is a story that could be amazing. And if you couple it with excellent writing, you'd make, you'd turn this statement from, uh, yeah, okay. Probably admit sounds good to hell yes like call you and call the guy right now 
and yeah, an instant instant admit him. Yep. And we're going to have FOMO if you go somewhere else. Therefore, we're going to start thinking about scholarships. Yep. This is, yeah, we'll admit you don't offer any money because, um, you know, maybe, maybe they'll just come and pay. Um, yeah. If you want scholarships, you want people to be excited and feel afraid to lose you. Yeah. During my first assignment, I supported USAF counter narcotics and counter organized crime missions in South America. I managed a team that tracked and analyzed intelligence assets, activity and performance throughout the Americas. With our collected data, we produced regular reports measuring our performance and effectiveness. That's the timer. Um, we also created a weekly performance update, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think he should cut that anecdote like his the fact I agree that this second paragraph is like way better the statement should start right well because like, as an intelligence officer I supported Air Force counter narcotics whoa shit yeah okay. right the the big picture of that is so much more interesting than he he opens with the first one two three four sentences are about this briefing. I think he was excited. He, it was it's like an ambassador an to brief. Yeah, but he's got cares? stars in his eyes care. about this ambassador, and the reader doesn't give yeah. one fuck about that ambassador. The reader's like, "Who? No. What? I don't know what no. you're talking about." Yep. It, I am very impressed by your job, but I'm I'm impressed. I want to be impressed by you, not the fact that you briefed an ambassador one time. Yeah. So. And, and he goes, like, he goes on to say, this briefing was a highlight of my career, but not an isolated event. Well, then why are you talking about that incident as if it's like some big special thing? Like, why are you leading yeah. with that? You could lead with all this other shit. I manage a team that tracks and analyzes intelligence activity. Uh, you know, yeah, I support USAF counter narcotics and counter organized crime missions. Like, holy shit. That's the <laughs> stuff you should be leading with. We got another acronym here. I breathe. I weekly performance update that I briefed to the U S air forces, Southern commander, AF South. <laughs> just don't want, I don't want any more acronyms and all the weird caps too on commander and also major general, even though you're not yeah. naming that person, which means you probably just don't in the military. You probably do capitalize that shit, but in writing for civilians, you don't capitalize all that shit. And you got to cut out. There's another acronym coming in the next paragraph. Oh, <laughs> Boy. Fusion Intelligence Center. Let's get rid of all that shit. Just say the name of it. You're probably not going to refer back to it so many times that you can't just name it. Or you can short title it, right? Like, so for Fusion Intelligence Center, you can probably just call them Fusion later. Mm -hmm. with, with a capital F, right? That would be fine. Yeah. You don't have to keep calling them FIC. All right. Thank you, Georgios. Seven minutes for Michael. Oh, this uh, is the second time we have done Michael. Oh, okay. You ready to go? Yep. Okay, go. Before I started teaching cadets at West Point, I led a company of 120 soldiers that processed soldier arrivals at Fort Carson. Okay. Okay. Um, again, I don't, I don't know why. Like, I'm, I almost get like thrown off by this, this preamble, right? This prelude. Before I started teaching cadets at West Point, I did this other thing. I don't, I, 
I don't have any frame of reference. So why do I need to like, I, I didn't know that you taught cadets at West Point. Why do I need to know that this happened before then? You could just later on go, now I teach cadets at West Point. Yeah. Here's what I do with that. Yeah, you could have started say, with, I led a company of 120 soldiers that process soldier arrivals at Fort Carson, period. That's fine. Much easier. Totally. Right, right now, to I'm read. visualizing two different things, right? It's like, oh, you're yeah. teaching. And then all of a sudden, we're moving on to this ne- another thing. And it almost buries the fact that you were leading this company. Yeah. He continues, we established payroll, housing, and health care for 16,000 soldiers during my two years of command. That's amazing. Cool. I'm like getting on the phone to hire this guy right now like I, or to admit him. It's just yep. like, yep, you're in. I know your yep. LSAT and I know your GPA, you know, presumably. Yeah. And if I, if those numbers are close, you're in. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't want... I don't want that to discourage other people. You don't have to have led a company of 120 soldiers doing all of this shit for 16,000 soldiers. You don't have to have facts that are that big. But the point I'm really trying to make is that Michael made a smart choice here to lead with the biggest facts he's got. And notice all he's done is said what he did. He right. hasn't said, I have the skills. I learned that. The, yeah. <laughs> we faced many difficult challenges along the way. And now we, I utilized skills that will translate to the practice of law. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's just like, well, I did lead a company of 120 soldiers and we did do all this shit for... 16,000 people. Also notice there are no titles here. So Michael hasn't That's given nice. us his title, which is just I worked <laughs> as a, and then like a five word title with an acronym. He could have yeah. done that. Right. And instead he's just like, I, this is what I do. You don't need yeah. to know my title. If you want to look it up, it's on my resume. It's not like Jeff Bezos goes around saying, Oh, I start big companies or, you know, I'm a CEO. It's just like, I'm Jeff Bezos. <laughs> It took eight days to process new arrivals. Soldiers sat through briefings, waited in lines, and hand-completed 25 onboarding documents. Um, Okay. I'm more interested in what you do, but all right. Yeah, these last two sentences have been about the process and about soldiers. I asked soldiers how we could improve. Soldiers wanted faster travel pay entitlements, they wanted training and deployment schedules for their gaining units. I created an online survey and posted QR codes around the building, resulting in thousands of comments. Wow. They wanted shorter wait times. Senior leaders wanted to pros- proceed to their units and begin their job, begin their jobs faster. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the point is he does he kind of he doesn't hit his point hard enough. Yeah. He casually says it took eight days to process new arrivals. And then he goes into this whole paragraph about it. Mm -hmm. But like, he didn't make it clear that that eight day, that that eight days is is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have to like infer that that's what he's trying to say. I feel like, so, well, that's an example yeah. of where like one adjective could have done some work, right? 
or or maybe not even an ad- adjective. Check this out. So at the beginning of his statement, he said, "Before I started teaching cadets at West Point, I don't care about that reference no, cut point that. because I'm com- I'm totally lost." Yeah. But here we could use it. So it could say, "We already know that you led a company of 120 soldiers, right?" So now I have a reference point, and you could say, "When I started, comma." It took eight days right. to process new arrivals. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wait, when you started, it was like this. I'm already anticipating you talking oh, about Oh, you're going to fix you, this problem. You're going to fix this. It's and awesome. now it's shorter. Yep. Okay. And you don't even have to say, like, it was too long or it took too long, right? You don't have to force that conclusion on me. I just like, oh, when you started, it was this, and now it's this. Yep. Next paragraph. After meeting with all the civilian managers involved with the process... Okay, you can cut the involved with the process. I get it. Mm-hmm. I decided to transform an afternoon of informational informational briefs into an interactive resource fair. Okay. I added Army Community Services, Military Family Life Counseling, and other nonprofits and businesses that support military life. I directed club representatives to replace PowerPoints with sign-up sheets. I coordinated with the Army Spouse Club and Child Development Centers so new families could attend and tour Fort Carson. Okay, cool. Um, I like a lot of this. By the way, we're getting more into the weeds, I think, with Michael because <laughs> it's so good. But I don't, well, I don't love these, these sentences, I decided. Um, That's a mental state. I mean, just say what you did. It's a mental state. Yeah. yeah, just say, you know, after this, I don't even know if I would say that. You could say, I met with the civilian managers and then period. And then you could say, to do X. Well, he could I, have used, he, he could have just said transformed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I he, he went with, I decided to transform. Transform could have done all the heavy lifting there. It's a yep. very vibrant, like active verb. You could have just said, I transformed. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. I resolved a monthly backlog of 200 soldiers. Since the maximum throughput, 50 soldiers per day, already stressed support agencies, I decided to manage which soldiers made the roster each day. Again, I decided. Yep. I, oh, that's the time. Um, by the way, there's a lot of I sentences in here, which is good, Michael, but I'm, I'm kind of looking for more we sentences because you're a leader and you're talking so much about what you did. It, 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 it actually has me visualizing you as this one man shop. I kind of want to see I mixed in with we slash you could say my team. Yeah. You could say so that my I can command. imagine you directing them, right? Yeah. As opposed to just running yeah. around putting yeah, I agree. the QR codes. But, you know, erring on the side of using I as the subject of your sentences is very strong. This is a, it's clear, it's well-written, it's presenting lots of positive facts in Michael's favor. Yeah. This would be a clear admit. We can always make it better. But this is a winner. Yep. Look at the end. Incoming soldier satisfaction at Fort Carson went from 7.2 to 9.2 out of 10 during my command. At West Point, I challenged my cadets to prioritize their soldiers regardless of their mission or task. 
I will provide the same diligence to my future clients as a lawyer. I look forward to studying the legal side of federal litigation. That's great, right? Like we don't, it's fine. You don't necessarily need both of those closing sentences. Yeah. In fact, I think that very last sentence, maybe just cut it. Yep. But overall, this is like a 9.2 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's, this is pretty damn good. It's, this is strong. I I like the just one sentence closing. Like he, he's just, he's scoring points all the way to the end. Yeah. I almost wonder if we should read some of, some more of this since he's, he's good. Um, I vote no, but if there's something that you think you want to focus on, do it. Okay. Um, no, I would, I haven't like read through it. So great job, Michael. That's awesome. That's a, that's a winner. That's one of the better ones we've seen. Notice that it's just like plain spoken, straightforward presents fact after fact, after fact, after fact that are in your favor. It's basically chronological. It doesn't have a whole bunch of bullshit conclusions. It just has good facts for you. And the reader goes, oh, this guy's done a lot of cool shit and I can understand the writing. That's like, there's, it's just no brainer. That's a slam dunk. You're, you're in. Oh, you know what here? He does have some wee sentences. (laughs) That's good. Mixing in a few of those is definitely good. Oh yeah. I see those. Uh Uh-huh. Let me read this one paragraph. Okay. Okay. I developed an executive process for senior leaders, period. I learned basic programming from Microsoft Access Database and used it to build a new digital intake form, period. Each day we generated and disseminated a report to our counterparts to inform their processing, period. (laughs) We sent the executives to their jobs on their first day, accomplishing in three hours what used to take three days, period. Bam. These are just like fact, fact. Fact. Yeah. Period. It's, paragraph break. I love that yeah. Michael is using a damn period sometimes. <laughs> That's great. Many yeah. of you do not use periods nearly enough. You've got colons and semicolons and dashes and commas and all this fancy bullshit and your sentences are way too long and really hard to read. And yeah. Michael's just going with short, clear, direct, period, Start a new thought, period, start a new thought, paragraph break, start a whole new thing. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's beautiful. Like it, it's probably written, you know, if you, you know, those things that like tell you what grade level it's written at. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Then it's probably like, oh, this is like uh, written at a third grade level or something, but that's good. Yeah. Like if a third grader would be able to get something out of this, that's good. Yeah. Cause it just means that all your readers are going to clearly understand the facts that you're trying to convey. And the point is to convey the facts. If you're right, if you're writing clearly, then you're conveying the facts and the facts are scoring points on your behalf. Yeah. Well, you're really doing two things at once. You're scoring those points via those facts and whether people, I mean, in the back of their minds, they're thinking, wow, this guy is a good writer. Right. 
That's the thing. If it's easy to read, then we think you're a good writer. I want to go back two statements previous to go to, to think about Camila's personal statement. Yeah. She opened with this flowery, fancy thing about her uncle with the cowboy boots, and we didn't get to it, but she returned to the cowboy boots in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's like she just was, she wanted to show off this artistic metaphor that you know she's able to present this thing and like have a theme and have a whatever and it's like all you're doing is making it harder to understand and wasting my time i'm not here attention to the writing right i'm i am here to figure out if you're a good writer but you writing as hard as you can is not helping like it's not I want the writing to just disappear because I'm going to be getting it. I'm going to be getting the facts about you. And if I just get all the facts about you and it's clear, then I'm going to go, Oh wow. Also a good writer. Yep. (laughs) That shouldn't be the first thing. It shouldn't be like showing off about, because when you show off, you just, it, all it does is you just start to see all the cracks in the foundation. Anyway, nobody's as good of a writer as they think they are, including me. Right. If I, when I like get fancy and start showing off, well, then it becomes muddy and unclear. That's what editors are for. Thank God. Yeah. Ready for uh Brittany from Tennessee. Yeah, let's do it. I, I, I put a little paragraph in here just because, um, well, Brittany says, I wrote to you back in the spring when LSAC changed their testing window when you discussed my email on the podcast, you recommended not waiting out the wait list. I took your advice and I am in the process of reapplying right now. That's excellent. She was, she was waitlisted in the spring and she was just like, nope, fuck that. I'm not trying to get in off the wait list. Yep. Good. I want a scholarship. I'm going to reapply. After listening to all the podcasts on personal statements over the past month, I decided my statement was terrible and broke all your rules. As I've been listening to the podcast, I've made a do's and don'ts list to remember as I write. I'm hoping I didn't violate any of your suggestions. I've already ran it through Grammarly. She asks, it is short and to the point, but is it too bland? Should I add a more personal story? Okay. Have you ever said too bland? Has that ever been a thing where you've gone, ah, it's just bland? Yeah, we did have one guy. You remember the guy who was talking about being a teacher in COVID? Oh, the the very mundane. <laughs> I went to school. I yeah, sent the kids home from school. I think that was just didn't choose interesting enough facts to convey. Right, those were like yeah. v- very obvious facts about every school teacher. Yeah, I suppose that one was bland. Well, and Brittany <laughs> is a teacher, rare, right? so here we go. <laughs> All right. <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I think it's on you, is it? No, maybe uh, it's me. No, I just read. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Seven minutes for Brittany. I am a second grade teacher in the third largest district in Tennessee and a small business owner. Mm. I feel like you should pick one of those things to tell me about. What am I going to hear? Am I going to hear what? Am I going to hear about the teaching? Am I going to hear about the business? I maybe just say one of them. I have increased reading fluency test scores in my second grade classes for seven consecutive years. 
that's a that's a point in your favor. I, I like that. It's like a minor point, but it's like boom. Okay, it's like you just get one point for that. Yep, I agree. I have lead. Oh boy. Uh oh. I have lead sessions for my fellow teachers in professional development communities. I think you meant lead. I'm very surprised that Grammarly didn't catch that. Um, okay. Second paragraph that right away. It's like you're, it's just, boy, that type of problem is like such a big problem, you know, because it's like either you read it 10 times and didn't catch it, which is a problem or you don't know, or you read it once and didn't catch it, which is also a problem. You know, like it's either a lack of attention or it's like not actually understanding that that word needs to be led led. Um, it's a small thing, and but you it's a just big talk about thing. reading, reading fluency, yeah. which is close to writing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's the first paragraph. Second paragraph in fall of 2020 or sorry, it just says in fall 2020 comma. Wouldn't there be fall of 2020 or in the fall of 2020? I don't know. That's just a little I've, weird. I've seen both. Yeah. yeah. But. Also, who cares? Right. Like that. that's one of those things where it's like everybody is always talking about days, weeks, months, seasons, years, even times of day. And none of those things ever move your story at all. Yeah. Like I could see 2020. Yeah, in 2020, I taught all my second... relevant for COVID. Okay, good. So cut fall. Yeah. I mean, you could have also said in COVID. Mm -hmm. Or you could have said last year. Or we get it. Like, we we definitely understand why you're teaching your second graders virtually. Yeah, yeah. I worked with my team to create and establish a virtual classroom. I integrated many virtual sites and resources into my online class to help my seven-year-old students learn during this difficult time. I don't like the many virtual sites and resources. Cut the many there. Right? If you're going to say, I integrated sites and resources, just say that. We get it that it was many. Like, what does what value does that adjective have? The first week I determined I needed to create a simple color and shape-based platform for students to navigate. I think, don't you need to say during the first week? Yeah, or something. Not just the first week I. Yeah. Throughout the the day, many of my students did not have assistance and were unable to read. During the first two weeks of school, I taught students the basics of working on their personal computers as many had never used a Chromebook before. While this was a unique school year, I raised many students' reading levels from below grade proficiency, comma, at the 25th percentile dash and below hyphen and below. Hmm. Is that just an extra, just sloppy? It just looks like a sloppy keystroke, like a dash that there's no reason to be there. Yeah. To above grade level proficiency above the 50th percentile to obtain these results. Never say obtain. You could say get. (laughs) To obtain these results, I taught small group interventions to target specific skills for each student. It's kind of vague. 
Multiple times a week, students recorded themselves practicing their reading fluency and uploading for me to hear their progress. Using these recordings, I was able to personalize each student's goals. There's some good stuff there. I'm, I yeah. am getting a picture of, of what Brittany does. I am. I wish it were a little tighter. Uh, oddly, Brittany, you were worried about it being too short. I, I would like to get through this a little faster, and I'd like you to clean it up so that your writing is stronger. Yeah, she says she ran it through Grammarly, but there's been like already many, uh, you know, like five things that where yeah. we raised an eyebrow. Yeah. Um, which means there's probably more that we didn't even catch or didn't even think about. Well, and she has the extra problem. She's talking about reading, which isn't writing, but it's. She's a teacher. <laughs> she's a school teacher, close. and then she's making errors yeah. in her own shit. It's like, whoa, what? Yeah. That's actually halfway through. I mean, I think she does need to get, she needs to write. She needs to find some other shit to talk about because that's we're halfway through. Yeah. During this time, I became a leader on the technology team to troubleshoot problems within my building. I taught other teachers about numerous virtual platforms. <laughs> so earlier it was many virtual something and now it's numerous. Cut the Yeah, numerous. Brittany, what you're trying to do is you're trying to like sell. Overselling. Like, Look how much I did, but the problem is now you raise the bar. And so why not just say you told them about virtual platforms? Yeah. Now we don't have to like feel like you're forcing it on us. I led sessions on specific programs and demonstrated how to teach students to use those programs. Kind of clunky with pr programs twice. Notice there that she uses led correctly instead of lead like she did in the first paragraph. Hmm. On top of being an educator, I am the owner of a small business specializing in custom shirts and decals. Throughout the past year, I changed my marketing strategy and overall shop appearance. I posed items with additional articles of clothing to make them more presentable and appealing to customers. In a short time, my sales nearly doubled. Currently, I have made over two... I have made over 2,000 sales with over $33,000 in revenue. I am a star seller on Etsy. You don't need quotation marks around that. If you're going to capitalize it, that's a proper noun. You don't need to qu quote it for no reason. And then she does it again. To become a star seller, mm -hmm. I have maintained 100% in five-star ratings, a 100% prompt response rate, and 97% in shipping and delivery on time. I like this stuff better. In addition to Etsy, I sell my products at a variety of craft fairs. Brittany, just say mm -hmm. craft fairs. I have increased not only my Etsy sales, but my local sales and recognition through these events. I create and produce many products for businesses. Just say I create and produce products for businesses. Oh boy. In my community regularly. <laughs> Cut regularly. Brittany, you got to get rid of these adjectives and adverbs. Just, you got to yep. stop it. Just say the facts. We understand that it's more than one product. We understand that you do this regularly. You don't need to say regularly. I have made nearly $5,000 in local sales and period. And that's how it ends. She's got to write more. This is too short. Yeah, I would does. I think that the, I think that the teacher thing could work since it's obviously a big part of her resume too. Cause she's a teacher um, and I think it's kind of cool, like helping kids improve their reading scores is not easy. Yeah. And so I think that could be tighter. It could be shorter. 
she could say more about this Etsy thing. There is part of me that is wondering like, okay, why, why are you applying to law school? So she might be one of those people who needs like a sentence or two. I, well, especially because she has the space. Yeah, I I would absolutely like to see, and and it does just drop the mic. You know, I have made nearly five thousand dollars in local sales. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. You know, it's like, and it's like, and it's gone, and it's like, well, okay, but what? Like, yeah, two sentence, like a new paragraph, one or two sentences yeah. about what you think you want to do in law, would definitely like. Then I would not think that this was an application to business school. I would understand that it's an application to law school. Yeah. I like all these facts about the Etsy stuff. I think that that's all cool. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I do think that she needs to maybe expand a little bit more and absolutely tighten up the grammar and the writing ready for Michael part two. This is another Michael. I am go for it. Yep. Seven minutes. I sold software and technology solutions to businesses. I hunted for new business daily by calling companies and meeting with C-level executives and key decision makers. Cut daily. I called to set up meetings to help companies be more productive and efficient while finding additional revenue sources. Why is this past tense? Why is this what? Well, it's just strange to me that the first three sentences here are past tense. I sold software and technology solutions to businesses, period, is the first sentence. But I'm like, well, what do you do now? Yeah. Or do you do it now? Like, when was this? What do you mean? Why, why isn't that sell and hunt and call? Um, I don't know. Keep going. If you're going to say, yeah, if I say I sold, I hunted, I would probably in this case want a little bit of context, like three years ago, (laughs) comma at the very beginning, right? Like it just, it seems where are you and or when was this the solutions included mobile devices voice over internet protocol phones or voip network security remote device monitoring gps asset and location tracking i'm not sure where you're going with that i think you can if you're gonna use gps without saying global positioning systems i think you could also do the same thing with voip yeah. Right. I mean, I'm also like wondering what, what, why do I care about this list of technological yeah, bullshit? I feel like, I think at this point, so given your lack of context as an admissions officer, I'm kind of like, um, where are you going with this? Yeah. You sold software. Often many businesses had the misconception that redacted. Okay. Something was redacted was just a cell phone company Okay, that your company was just a cell phone company and would quickly dismiss my call, thinking I couldn't help them. That was a challenge since I had to clear up that misconception quickly. We don't need to be told that it was a challenge. And you also don't need to say misconception two sentences in a row. Yeah. I did this by building rapport with the gatekeeper who often gave out a contact name or email address. (laughs) Stop saying often. Look at the first, it's the first word of that previous sentence. Often many businesses had the misconception. Why don't you just say many businesses had the misconception? Yeah. Actually, often and many mean the same thing. Right. (laughs) Okay. In my first month out of training, I met with the owner of a landscaping company. I discovered he was having issues with employee productivity since employees were showing up late to jobs, affecting their company's reputation. 
I proposed a GPS tracking solution to remedy that issue by allowing him to monitor driver location remotely in real time and confirm that employees were on the job. I love this much more than the, I'm not saying I love it, love it, but I like it a lot more than the first paragraph. I have I feel a, like, yeah, hmm? it's just more like I can visualize it. Your first paragraph is all about you like grinding away at calling people. I, I don't know. Can don't we know cut out that. landscaping? Does it have to be a landscaping company? Yeah. Cause I got to tell you like this to me looks like a white dude putting GPS on a <laughs> non white workers cars to make sure that they're going to their jobs. Yeah. That's what it does sound like. Yep. And I don't know that that's the greatest look like I, it just, to me, that's uh, this is a little cringy. Just giving you my gut reaction. I mean, I, it's probably sure. like, yeah, what I just said is like racist, you know, like discriminatory. I'm making I'm stereotyping, whatever, <laughs> but I'm also probably right. And I just like, I would steer clear of that area is what I'm saying. Well, it doesn't really matter whether you're right or wrong. It's how it looks to the reader. And right. That's a very likely impression they may or may not get. Right. Um, I proposed, okay, so wait, hold on. I also integrated time card check-in and out. Check-in and out. That's weird with that hyphen, by the way. Um, making it easy to track employee hours worked for payroll purposes. Cut for payroll I, purposes. I also discovered, there's also, again, I also discovered he was using an old fashioned way of issuing quotes and invoices <laughs> an old-fashioned way <sighs> i helped him automate them by creating digital forms which allowed him to attach photos and timestamp them you could just cut the i discovered sentence entirely mm -hmm. that resulted in a large scale of 40 in a large oh sorry that resulted in a large scale sale of 40 GPS tracking units along with additional software revenue making, okay, I think you mean an M-dash, making me the sales leader for that month. I'm, I'm losing but, patience. I, like yeah. the editing is poor. It looks sloppy. That dash there, yeah, should be an M-dash. I don't want him to tell me that this was a large scale sale no, of 40 GPS. You're gonna say the number then say the number. Don't also force me to believe that this is a large scale thing, especially if you're going to say that then, you know, that which is a fact that you're the sales leader for the month. I don't just large scale can cut, be cut. I worked with the, this is the next paragraph. I worked with the vice president VP. Oh Jesus. Really? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What's with everybody in their acronyms? I don't I know. Like Stop it! Get rid of these dumb acronyms, or just say them like like GPS. You can just say that. But what VP? Where did it? Oh, and later you go the VP's biggest concern. That's just kind of. Even then, we know who the VP is. Well, it's kind of um, weirdly casual to do that. 
yeah. the VP's biggest concern. You could have just said the vice president's biggest concern or Even then, her biggest concern, concern or whatever. Her concern. Yeah. I'd, this this is reminding me of the man with, with kind eyes. It's like Chinese characters almost are showing up in this per, these personal statements. Oh, all the acronyms. Yeah. Um, there we go. We made it like halfway through. If we got interrupted by a phone call, we would be like, um, sales guy sells GPS things. I don't know. Any closing remarks about this one? Um, I don't know. Something about it just seems like <sighs> needs to be tightened up, I guess. The editing is bad. I mean, yeah, the form, the, 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 the style, the, like the, the, it's not very well presented. Yeah. Um, the facts themselves seem like there is certainly something here. It's giving yeah. me bad vibes for some reason. I, I don't know. I, could just be that gps tracking thing just is a little mm, don't love that part okay thank you michael seven minutes for a yep is it me it is you in the summer of 2020 (laughs) i don't care I discovered several procedural and technological gaps that posed financial and regulatory risk to my organization. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what your organization is. I don't know what kind of gaps you're talking about. It's too high level. Yeah. I have no idea who you are. (laughs) You could be a cashier or you could be the CFO. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. People have heard us say over and over, start your your statement with I and then verb. So, A, you've done that. You said I. But it's I discovered. Discovered. Which is like a mental state thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we need more. Might be better off just starting with this next sentence. As a full-time cyber risk manager, I often... Stop saying often. Can we just like, don't say often and don't say many. Say what you do. Yep. Cut the adjectives. Anyway, as a full-time cyber risk manager, I often analyzed data sets, comma, assisted in negotiating contract language with vendors, comma, and implemented policy and procedure to ensure the efficacy of risk controls. Combing through data reports was a common practice, semicolon. However, as I scrutinized one such report more closely, I found myself skeptical of the results. A lot of combing through data, right? She, she already said, I often analyzed data sets. Yeah. And now we're combing, combing through data reports was a common practice. And now we get to like the anecdote that apparently we're supposed to be learning about, which is one of these reports looks a little funky. Okay. 
I don't like that lisk that, you know, when I started saying comma after the things, yeah. it's like, yeah. well, that's because it's just kind of like an annoyingly long list of things that I don't understand. And I'm just like trying to slog my way through the sentence. The semicolon, uh, that's my new thing. I'm going to say semicolon out loud every time I see a semicolon. Bear with me. It doesn't need to be there. It could be a period and a new sentence. Yep. Um, the information conveyed in the report was meant to inform senior leaders which vendors presented the most risk and what cyber events contributed to their ratings. I dug into the underlying information and recognized several data sets were both incomplete and erroneous. Um, a quibble about erroneous there. Are you saying that the data set itself is erroneous? Because that's what you said. I think you meant error filled or something like that. Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. After realizing the potential ramifications of a more widespread issue, there's a mental state reference there that just does not need to happen. Well, there's lots of mental states in this, right? I dug into the underlying information and recognized oh, yeah. right. something. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, earlier I found myself skeptical of the results. Yeah. So it's lots like of in your head. Well, shit. it's almost every sentence mm -hmm. she discovered in the first sentence. You know, she's skeptical yeah. in the third sentence. She recognized in the fifth sentence. She realizes in the sixth sentence. Anyway, after realizing these potential ramifications of a more widespread issue, I performed a thorough audit of the system's data feeds and procedural materials. Subsequently, I discovered the tools which monitored and synthesized cyber intelligence on the bank's third-party business contacts were widely affected. You could have just said... You could have just said the bank's third-party business contacts were widely affected. Right? Yep. Instead, it's all this, I discovered the tools which monitored and synthesized cyber intelligence... <laughs> <laughs> what? My findings revealed that they were collecting partial data sets, reporting them incorrectly, and ultimately presenting an inaccurate picture of enterprise risk to internal teams and regulators. Because of the faulty information presented in the reporting, new business engagements were wrongly passed over and internal resources allocated towards addressing perceived risks were wasted. Um, I got to tell you, A, you need to use shorter sentences. That's just step one. You got to stop it with the commas and the lists and the ands mm -hmm. and the preambles. Just shorter, just <laughs> shorter sentences. This is really hard to read. As a result of these findings, I was tasked with assembling a team to systematically mitigate or eliminate the identified gaps before they manifested into damages. Jeez Louise. Like, okay, first of all, this is an origin story. You were tasked with something. You were asked to do something. Well, I thought, I'm confused because I thought she discovered it. <laughs> but then she's tasked yeah, she... with assembling a team to systematically 
which is very annoying systematically, just say mitigate. And then mitigate or eliminate. Like, just say mitigate. <laughs> just choose or one. Or pick eliminate. Yeah, it's just so wordy. Wordy. So That's what I would write. Adverbs. I would take my red pen and this whole first paragraph, I would just put wordy. Too many words. Too many words per sentence. Too many sentences in that paragraph. Paragraph is long. That's a long too ass paragraph of long sentences. Too, yeah. Too many adjectives. See, here's the great thing about cutting out adjectives and adverbs is then they tighten up your writing. Yeah, it doesn't change and, the meaning of the sentence. It just makes the sentence easier to read so I can tell what the fuck you're actually talking about. Like my takeaway from this is like probably does pretty cool shit, but you're not helping me understand what you actually do. Like I know you're combing through some data sets and it seems like big business. But other than that, boy. Oh no. Like, can you explain anything more about what A is actually doing? Ben's highlighted in the Google Doc that we share. Ben has highlighted an acronym that appears in the next uh, paragraph. Well, the funny thing is, okay, so I'm taking notes on all the commandments that are being violated so we can recap them at the end. Oh, good. Maybe get some new new ones out of here. Oh, good. But like, it's like once I have a commandment listed (laughs) here, I'm putting in the examples and... By God, they just keep coming up over and over again. Like this next sentence, right? At the time, I was simultaneously working. Mm. Another adverb. You don't need it. Do we don't have a commandment that says cut adjectives and adverbs, do we? I don't think that we do, but um, we... I have a list here. We can talk about them at the end. Okay. Yeah, that might be a a candidate. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've said this a million times. Search for L-Y space. Just mm-hmm. look for L-Y mm-hmm. space in your document. I Glancing up above, I see widely, widely affected. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. Ultimately. Sometimes you, you do want it. Oh, yeah, ultimately presenting. and uh, Just presenting an inac- inaccurate picture, not ultimately presenting an inaccurate. It just, again, that's how it comes out. When I write, that's how it comes out. It's like I literally write it on the page and then I go back and I cut out literally. Yep. Yep. (laughs) You know, it's just, you don't need that shit. That is how we speak, but we don't need to write that way. Yeah. I mean, or we don't need to edit. We we do need to edit that out of the final work product. I, cybersecurity is a super huge, big deal. So, I'm sure that a could write on this topic and it'll be awesome. Yeah. You know, here's the final sentence with a legal education. I intend. Oh, what Ew. What with a legal education, I intend on advancing my skills to protect clients from <laughs> cybersecurity risks. So the, the thing I'm pissed off about obviously is the incorrect preposition you don't intend yep. on, you intend to. You intend to advance. Intend yeah. on advancing. No, <laughs> you intend to advance. Yep. Um, I don't like, also this law, again, she like closes with a long ass list. Like she wants to do everything on the planet. Like defend economic and national security interests. That mm. alone could take a lifetime. That's a little Pers- grandiose. That's true. Yeah. Pursue those who perpetuate Malicious, malicious cyber, cyber acts. 
I would cut that. Sorry, we're kind of clowning on that. I mean, it, it is goofy. I, I would take that last sentence and I would say, with a legal education, I intend to advance my skills to protect clients from cybersecurity risks, period. Boom. We don't need this other shit. It's grandiose to say that you're going to defend economic and national security interests. I mean, maybe you are, but if that's what you want to do, then don't say the first thing. Say that instead. And your piece better have you doing like national security shit. Yeah. Which maybe you do have. We didn't quite get there because that long ass, real vague first sentence with so many way long sentences and way long lists, like nobody's going to get through that to the actual interesting stuff. By the way, as an example of how you can cut and cut and cut, you just cut off the last two items of her long ass last sentence, right? Yeah. So with a legal education, I intend to advance my skills to protect clients from cybersecurity risks, period. A hundred times better than before, but we can keep going. Maybe with a legal education, I intend to protect clients from cybersecurity risks, period. Like, I don't need to know that you're going to be advancing your skills. That's inherent in going to school. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, so I would cut just that like, as well. Yeah. We, we cut and then we cut again and we cut again. So if you're writing these personal statements, if you're writing your personal statement and then you edit it once going through and looking for things to cut, which is, by the way, all the power to you because most people apparently are not doing that at all. Um <laughs> you can probably do it another five or six times. I mean, I do it all the time when we write explanations for the demon or whatever. It's like you write it and you write it and then you're editing and you're editing and you're editing and you're editing. That's what a perfect document takes. Yeah. You need to write it longer and then boil it way down. It's the exact opposite. I mean, if you think about what school does when they're teaching people to write, yeah, it's a bummer. Well, you have to get to three pages. It's got My a minimum of three pages. And it's like, yeah. wait, that shouldn't be the assignment. The assignment should be have a fucking point. Make your point. No, it's, yeah, it sucks, man. Like when my son is writing essays, he's like, oh, I'm almost done. I just need to get another paragraph. <laughs> and then my, you know, and just, then I'm like, this is bullshit. You're kind of repeating yourself from before. And he's like, well, I got yeah, I got to do another okay. paragraph. I just got to stretch okay, it out as long. I got to get to that minimum. He's like, he doesn't want me to edit his stuff. He's like, dad, you're just going to like cut it all out. And then I'll have yeah. half the assignment. Yeah. Like, well, you didn't. This is all you said, really. So <laughs> <laughs> you edit his whole shit to one sentence. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's all you got. <laughs> He's like, now I'm going to get a bad grade. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is, too. Uh, all right. We, uh, hey, look, it's Vlad from the top of the show. Hey, Vlad. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Vlad, who mm-hmm. has a 26 point improvement on his LSAT score. Um, you ready? Seven minutes for Vlad. Sure. Okay. I am the only paralegal at a small size law firm. Boo. <laughs> I don't. Boo. <laughs> Vlad. What? Small size. Sorry, man. You don't need to say small size, let alone small. Well, you can um, just say at a small law firm. That's fine. We well, understand. Why not just say I'm a paralegal. I don't know. I don't know that this is. Uh, I, I'm the only paralegal at my firm. Yeah, that might it would imply it's small, right? Or just I'm the only paralegal at a small firm. That's fine. I get it. Yeah. But I'm the only paralegal at a small size law firm really annoying which by the way has the blue underlining on it right google is catching it so 
we shouldn't be talking about it. But anyway, all right, go ahead. We specialize in both plaintiffs and defense civil litigation. I'm actually mildly confused by that. I think that's an error. I, I don't think yeah. that that's grammatically correct. I think that there needs to be an apostrophe on plaintiffs. And then defendants to be parallel. How about we we specialize in civil litigation, period? We specialize in civil litigation. Thank you. Um, working under the supervision of four attorneys. Hmm. Presumably that would be the case. I conduct trademark and business research, analyze and draft responses to office actions, file legal documents in state and federal courts, draft notices, discovery motions, and conduct legal research. Error. Yeah, there's an error there. You have like a list of items and then you oddly like start a new list. Ben, I think you don't get seven minutes when you make multiple errors in the first paragraph. I think that's true. Vlad, you're done. We love you. Thank you for improving your LSAT score by 26 points and being a fan of the show and a fan of the LSAT demon and all that shit. But this statement is, I don't have any more time for this one. Sorry. Resubmit. Oh, by the way, Vlad, you said in your last paragraph, working as a paralegal, I discovered a passion for civil litigation. Goodbye, Vlad. We've banned that term. Try harder. You need to follow our advice. You need to edit your shit. You need to tighten that up. I'm not reading shit that has multiple errors in the first sent- in the first paragraph. I'm not doing it. You're going to be a lawyer. You got to start acting like one. Just don't submit shitty drafts. <laughs> I'm not I don't I don't want to I'm not trying to be like I'm not trying to big time you or anything. I I just you're going to get more out of what Ben and I have to offer if you put more into it in the first place. Those brown M&Ms got to fucking go. Um, ready for Patricia? Let's do it. Seven minutes. Uh, I think you should go since you we had an abortion on, on Vlad. Sure. I'm a professional coral conductor. Shit. Okay, that's a good first sentence. I specialize in conducting men's choruses. There are fewer than 10 women in the United States conducting men's courses at Division I universities, and I am one them. Oh, God. One, okay, one typo, Patricia. Okay. You're yeah, on thin ice. Too, because everything else is so good here. Um, I mean, This is I a resubmit, by the way. She had submitted it previously and she said there are less than 10 women in the United States. And I sent it back and I said, you meant fewer. Also, there were a couple other things. And I was like, fix that shit. Try again. And she did. But I mean, boy, we've got a a blue squiggle on the second sentence. You meant to say I am one of them. Also, the word, uh, the number 10, I would would write that out. So there are fewer than 10 but and I gave her this feedback, which she did not accept, which is fine because oh. I can okay. be wrong sometimes. But I yeah. gave her the feedback: if you're gonna say fewer than ten, why not just say the actual number? That's what I said. Yeah, she did not take that tip. Hmm. Okay. Oddly specific, but not specific. Well, if it's eight, then say fucking eight. There are eight women in the United States. There yeah, are that's, f- that's fewer words, Patricia. Why are you going out of your way to say fewer than 10? No matter what that number is, I, 
I'm meant to presume that it's impressive because it's a small number, am I not? So then why are you going out of your way to say fewer than 10 when you could have just said the smaller number, which would be even smaller, <laughs> which is that. seven or whatever it is, <laughs> or you don't, or oddly, you don't know how many there are, which can't possibly be correct. If you're making that claim, I don't know. I, that, that strikes me as strange, but anyway, it, the, the facts are incredible, like just incredible. The first sentence is very strong. The fact that there are whatever seven women in the United States conducting men's courses at D one universities. And you're one of them. That's awesome. That's amazing. These facts are awesome. Yeah. You know, if I were to tighten this up even more, I might consider I'm on the fence about this, but instead of I specialize in conducting men's courses, I might just say I conduct men's courses. Yeah, totally. I conduct men's core or just cut that sentence entirely. I am a professional choral conductor. There are fewer there, yeah. than 10 women or wait, no, we're going to edit that for her. I'm a professional choral conductor, period. There are seven women in the United States conducting men's choruses at division one universities. And I am one of them. Yeah, you're Boom. absolutely right. We, we should cut it because that last sentence is saying the same thing. Exactly. And this is a perfect example of why cutting takes time. Cause you, you, you're afraid to let go of things that you've put in there, but then you're like, wait, actually I don't need that. And I don't need that. And so on. All right. She continues, every two years, choral conductors from around the world, but primarily the United States. Don't say that. Unnecessary. Come together for the National Convention of the American Choral Directors Association. The convention consists of concerts of invited choirs, interest sessions, and reading sessions. Sessions. A lot of sessions. Yeah. Also, you're missing the Oxford comma there. Mm, yeah. Um. Right now, we're talking about the choral conductors and the convention. I want to know about you sooner. Yeah, you could probably just cut this sentence because you could get right into if there is an interest session that you do something in, you could just start telling us about that. Or if there is a reading session that you do something in, you could start telling us about that. Yeah. All this exactly. background, I don't care. I mean, I'm not going to this thing. So Here's another <laughs> sentence, and it's about the reading sessions. It says reading sessions consist of music chosen by a committee to introduce to the members of the association in attendance to program for future concerts. Very clunky. Yeah, also I, just I unnecessary. Unnecessary. As the founding conductor of the university of Louisville's premier men's chorus, the singing cardsman, I attend the tenor bass men's chorus reading session. I don't love the forward slash usage. <laughs> no, tenor dash bass slash men's is all one thing. Yeah, it's weird. You can and change also, that, but yeah. I don't love the verb here, Patricia. Attended. I mean, a lot of people can attend things. The cisgender, cisgender male banter. I, I'm not familiar with that term. What does that mean? Straight or like typically like typically male Typical? like born male uh, cisgen like whatever it's a it's meant as like an insult in progressive circles kind of like it's just like it's very sp she's going out of her way here to, to like say this is a male i don't like it i i yeah i you should just be you know what it is it's just negative it's just you're being negative be yeah. positive talk about the good 
Yeah. The fact that there that you are one of very few women who do what you do is good. You then bitching about the cisgender male banter that dominated much of the conversation. I cut that. It's just you're yeah. whining and complaining. You're I Yeah, it's exactly I, what it is. Even if it's true, it doesn't matter. Like why okay, you want to focus on that? I'm you can focus on a bunch percent, of things that could have happened. I'm yeah. a thousand percent sure that it is a thousand percent true. Okay. Nobody wants straight white men like me to shut up more than I do. But I just don't want to hear you like you don't you're supposed to be putting your best foot forward. You're supposed to be making yourself look like a winner and like a positive contributor to wherever you are. Yeah. And so you don't need to go out of your way to take shots at your own shit. <laughs> like she's literally just complaining about her own. I thought she was going to tell me that she does something super cool at this convention. And yep. instead she's instead. just like, well, there's so many men and they just doing their typical talking about golf. You know, it's like, yeah, I know. But what did you do? Yeah. How about this last sentence of this paragraph? There were few female core directors present. I think we kind of got that from the beginning. Of course, because you went, you're at the men's chorus, the tenor bass men's chorus reading session, and there's <laughs> few, very few women who conduct these choruses. So, of course, there weren't that many female choral directors present because they don't exist in this world. But what's your point? Because we, you got to get, we take action, like do with, do something. Yeah. Let's, let's go a little more. I, I feel like we took a couple diversions and we can give Patricia a little more time here. Okay. Next paragraph, which is one sentence conducting the singing cardsman would challenge a long held tradition of male choruses conducted by male conductors in the United States. What you already said, <laughs> there aren't very many women who do what you do. So now this is just a conclusion. It's also, it's also broken. Why is right? wood in that? Well, it, yeah, because it is challenging, but it also then says a long-held tradition of male choruses. Well, I, ah, I guess it's not broken, but it's a really long descript like well, now. What do you phrase. mean a long-held tradition? You don't. It, you don't mean that. It's not. No one cherishes this long-held tradition. That's just the way they've always done it. Yeah. We already know that you're breaking new ground, which is amazing. Yeah, this is weird. It's like a, a, a point in your favor has now turned against you because you're bitching about it. Yeah, well, it's just like, what do you do? Because like, it's an amazing, Patricia, don't get me wrong. It's an amazing accomplishment. <laughs> that fact at the very top, I, I, I'm intensely interested in that fact at the very top. But then you like go to a convention and complain about the cisgender male banter. Yeah. Cut it. And then you double down on this like conclusion of you're challenging a long held tradition of male choruses conducted by a male. Con I, I already got that from the very first sentence. So you're now you're not telling me anything new. Yeah. Maybe one more paragraph just to see if we can get to like a point where she actually does something. In efforts to extend choral experiences to more students at the University of Louisville, I wrote and presented a proposal passed by the music faculty to establish a new men's ensemble, the Singing Cardsman. You already name dropped the Singing Cardsman earlier. 
But Multiple now times. you're establishing the singing cardsman. We're going back in time. So I would just, well, we have to cut that whole second paragraph and third paragraph just got to go. Cause like she only mentioned the convention to talk about, to, to bitch about the cisgender male banter. That's it. So this is a point in your favor. You proposed to establish this new men, men's ensemble for the yeah, university. Well, By the way, it's Louisville, Ben. It's not Louisville. It's Louisville. And I mean, but you did this like, that's so cool. Yeah. And that's the type of shit we got to talk about you doing things. The ensemble began with 15 members. It quickly gained popularity on campus and doubled in size by the spring semester. Cardsmen quickly proved to be ambassadors through their collaboration with local public schools and other departments and organizations at the university of Louisville. Thank you. One of which resulted in a viral YouTube video in their first year. Okay. Okay. I collaborated with the University of Louisville Pre Prevention, Education, and Advocacy on campus and in Community Center and in the Community Center in writing and producing a music video speaking out against sexual assault on college campuses. So long sentence. Um <laughs> Lady Gaga was promoting the documentary, The Hunting Ground. Wait, what? Her efforts. Uh, this seems like came out of <laughs> Where did Gaga come from? <laughs> you, <laughs> you, I thought you were collaborating with the University of Louisville Pre Prevention, Education, and Advocacy on campus. Wait, what? Oh, she capitalized campus and community center. All y'all stop capitalizing things. It's Trumpy. Stop it. Don't you don't just capitalize <laughs> random nouns. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Um Okay, but she's she's collaborating with the University of Louisville Prevention, Education and Advocacy. I guess that's an organization. Hmm. And she collaborated on a writing and producing a music video speaking out against sexual assault on college campuses. Then all of a sudden Lady Gaga was promoting the documentary, The Hunting Ground. Okay, go ahead. I, I, it's going to be explained, yeah. but that just comes out of nowhere. That's like so it strange. That, of all people, Lady Gaga. Like, hello. All right, go ahead. <laughs> it's like you could just introduce any random fact. At the time, so-and-so was <laughs> yeah. for gold. It's yeah, like, right. okay. I know, it's so strange. Like, what? But how did you come? That's just a very odd sentence, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> Her efforts consisted of organizing a college, a college, a cappella. Acapella, Ben. Acapella. Acapella. Her, Why yes. is it? It's a thing. But, well, no, but there's a, there's a space there. Is that right? Acapella. It's singing without musical accompaniment. I, I understand, but is it, does it have the space in the word or is it one word? I always thought it was one word. I think it's, I think it's two words. It, I, you it, oh, that might be a case where you would want to italicize it potentially. So both of the words. The... No, it's two words. Oh, okay. A college acapella contest singing out against sexual assault. The singing cardsmen placed in the top three videos from entries across the country and ref were referenced in USA Today and Huff, Huff Post, Huffington Post. 
Their video increased their presence on campus and through the Coral community. All right. That's a point in your favor. You, you didn't organize it in the best possible way. Lady Gaga just like jumps onto the stage out of nowhere, which sh that's like separate action from what your team actually did. Yeah. You know, and it's like her efforts consisted of organizing a college acapella contest. It's like you should have said the thing we joined a college yeah, acapella contest to Lady Gaga. Yeah. promoted, you know, from something about Lady Gaga. And why does the hunting ground, even the fact that she was promoting, promoting this documentary, the hunting ground, which we probably haven't seen. I, you could cut all that part, but like we get it. She was doing a, you, uh, you guys joined a acapella contest that Lady Gaga was doing. Yeah. And you did well. That's great. I just, that needs to be rearranged. Okay. We're way out of time on, um, Yep. Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Um, editing needs a lot of work. Uh, content there can be, can be amazing, but boy, you really got to obey that commandment to put your best foot forward and just, just generally don't complain about stuff. You, you're just not winning any points by complaining about things. I mean, notice in that whole, that whole aside, it's a long paragraph about this whole convention and a bunch of background things about these sessions that is has nothing to do with Patricia taking any action whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And the entire point of all of that, because <laughs> she just leaves the she leaves this convention. Yeah. But the entire point of that in of that whole anecdote was that she wanted to say cisgender male banter <laughs> without, you know, solving it or doing anything about it or whatever. Yeah. It's just this like yeah. and it sucked. Which I, yeah, I'm sure it does, but that's not, you're not just, you're not winning any point. You're not making any progress. That's not moving the ball forward. Yeah. Cool. I think this has the potential to be awesome. It's not awesome right now, but it has the potential. And, and that first right off the bat, man, leave your first, I think your first paragraph, we've got it. I am a professional choral conductor. There are eight women in the United States conducting men's choruses at division one universities. And I am one of them. Actually, you could change that all to just one sentence. I am one of eight women in the United States conducting men's choruses at division one universities, period. More cutting, 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 cutting takes time. Right. That, but, but boy, lead with that fact and then explain like kind of what your day to day looks like and focus on wins. Um, that could be excellent, I think. Yeah. Okay, last one is Grace's personal statement. <laughs> this is a long time. episode of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Ben and I are kind yeah. of completionists. This will get us down to uh, the end of all of the submissions that we have. Okay. So seven minutes for Grace. I think it's me. It is you. I am an undergraduate student with professional experience in both theater and legal industries. In the last three years, I have completed two six-month-long full-time work opportunities. Kind of vague, huh? Well, it was vague from the get-go. Professional experience? like She's eh. protesting too much. She's an undergrad who is self-conscious about it, apparently. Yeah. If you want to emphasize your professional experience, you can. 
Just talk about it. <laughs> well, don't don't even mention that you're an undergraduate student. Like just yeah. instead emphasize the professional experience that you have and don't say professional experience that I have. <laughs> instead, yeah. for the love of God, say what the fuck you do. <laughs> like what is Grace telling us? I have completed two six-month-long full-time work opportunities. Whoa. Wow. You could be a garbage carrier. You, you could you could be a CEO of a <laughs> giant corporation. You're telling us nothing in specific. It's just so broad. I held a production management position with a professional theater company in Boston. Then I worked in practice management at the firm Goodwin Proctor. Ben's shaking what? his head because the verbs here are held. <laughs> what did you do? Held a position. Whoa. Yeah, but what did you do? Then I worked in practice management. Yeah, I know. But what did you do there? <laughs> what does that mean? This is also grammatically incorrect. These are two sentences forced together with a comma in the word then. You can't do that. Um, and I don't understand why you're telling me these two things together. Yeah, like, pick, tell me about the pick a the thing. production management position or tell me about the practice management position at Goodwin Proctor. Pick a story, yeah. Pick a story and jump into it. I might I might be like presuming too much, but I my interpretation of this is okay, she's an undergrad, she doesn't have that much work experience. She's going out of her way to try to emphasize her work experience, but the way she's doing it is having the exact opposite of that intended effect and making it look like, "Oh, okay, you had a couple internships." Yeah. If you instead pick one of these jobs and talk about the important work you did there I, I would like I would forget that you're an undergrad <laughs> I would just be I'd be like oh wow this is a professional person and I'd forget that or never know that it was six months yeah that's probably on your resume but it's not something I'd be right. thinking about yeah. like oh well this was a short stint you're just telling us what you right. did there and I'm like presuming you probably went right. on longer stop protesting so much yeah. Say what you did. Leave the conclusions out of it. Say what you did. And we will magically infer more than you actually did. When I began my position at Goodwin, the firm had no comprehensive system to track the thousands of mentorship pairings between associates and partners. I created a plan to keep track of all attorney Mentor-mentee pairings, probably just cut attorney. I created a plan to keep track of mentor-mentee pairings across Goodwin's 13 offices. I began by collecting any available mentorship information from the firm's online employee database and making a list of those pairings. I filled in the gaps by comparing the personal records kept by attorney development managers and reaching out to associates and partners directly. Once I had this list, I created a spreadsheet with the name of every associate in the firm, their department, practice area, and mentorship pairing. I maintained this database by making updates based on weekly hiring and departure reports and making daily changes to mentor assignments. 
Probably don't need weekly, probably don't need daily. I also conducted True. monthly and quarterly <laughs> audits of this information for accuracy. Yeah, we may not need that, but overall, I would say this is like much, much stronger than your first. Yeah, paragraph. just lead with this. Yeah. When I it's began, like, okay, you're, you're doing shit. And I would have no idea that you were there for only six months. For all I know, no. you this is your job at Goodwin, which is, by the way, a good law firm. So yeah. if I cared how long you were there, which I don't, I would look back at your resume and I would go, oh, six months. Wow. looks like she did a lot in those six months. Yep. But when you lead with, I completed two six month long full-time work opportunities, <laughs> it's like, oh, so two six month short-term jobs, like, I don't know, kind of sounds like a college kid doing nothing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's the exact opposite of the intended effect, which happens so frequently. I think you can cut all this daily, weekly, literally in two sentences, she goes daily, weekly, or sorry, weekly, daily, monthly, and quarterly. Yep. It's like, no, just say what you did. We can, we don't really care. I was later told that since the firm had begun remote work, the frequency of meetings between mentors and their mentees had seemed to be dropping. Really? That blows. Cause it's so easy to do remote meetings. I mean, that's yeah. Wow. I proposed adding another component to the spreadsheet to track the frequency of meetings between mentors and their mentees. Based on this information, I would reach out. Boy, would is a word yeah. that needs to be removed from most of these personal statements. I, I don't think would. I mean, you, you could have just said, based on this information, I reached out to mentors. Yeah. Instead, based on this information, I would reach out to mentors to remind them of who their mentees were and help them set up virtual meetings. I successfully reached out to hundreds of mentors and facilitated dozens of virtual of virtual mentoring sessions. These are really good facts. I I like all that. Hey, before we go on, I did want to make a small tweak. She said I was later told that since the firm had begun remote work, the frequency of meetings mm. between mentors and their mentees had seemed to be dropping. Just say, um, when the firm began remote work, the meetings between mentors and mentees, you know, declined or something like yeah, that. Yeah, don't say Drop seemed the, to be dropping. Just yep. say that the frequency of these meetings declined. Yep. And also drop the fact that you were told this. Right. Like, the impression I had was that you were on top of this database and now someone else has to come in and tell you that, Hey, things aren't working out. It sounds oddly like, like you sound oddly disconnected from something that you have taken responsibility yeah. for. So let's just drop that fact. Yep. Um, we're almost done. There's only two more paragraphs. This is, a, it's very short. Okay. Throughout my time in this position, probably cut that. I kept detailed notes of this process and others I was engaged in to create a guide that I could pass on to future student employees and new team members. Uh, can we cut out student? Can we just say I would pass on that I could pass on to new team members? Mm -hmm. Right? This is again Grace protesting too much, like having to having to admit that it was a student job. Yeah. Going out of her way to like under to like remind you, hey, in case you forgot, I'm an undergrad. <laughs> you know? Which yeah. is certainly not the impression that she's trying to leave, but she's 
definitely leaving that impression. Towards the end of my time at the firm, I trained an incoming full-time employee on the mentor-mentee tracking process. I think you could just say before I left the firm. Right? Mm-hmm. What about towards? Towards? Well, first of all, that's British. So in America, we say toward. You drop the S. But it's also just a weird... Like, I wouldn't even use either of those. How about before I left the firm? I tra- Or when I left the firm, I trained an incoming full-time employee on the mentor-mentee tracking process. That's fine. If you want to include that fact, which I think is kind of cool. Like, yeah. you created this process. You wrote this manual. You trained someone before you left. That's like you're hired, right? Like that's like Ben and I would love to hire you. Yeah. Cause you take responsibility. You're not just like mic drop. I'm out of here. Did you already talk about the full time thing? Just I don't need to, in, just drop it. I mean, it's like, uh, it's, it's more protesting, right? right. I trained an incoming. Full-time. I wasn't full time, but they were full time or maybe I was yeah. full time, but it was only six months. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I would, they're not a student. I am <laughs> like, yeah. don't, Yeah, just you trained a replacement. That's great. While working at Goodwin, I had the opportunity to sit down with attorneys to learn about their various practice areas. Based on what I learned through these discussions and my background in theater, which weirdly was mentioned in the first sentence and the last sentence, but that's it. Yep. Based on what I learned through these discussions and my background in theater, <laughs> I hope to gain experience in intellectual property law and practice in the entertainment industry. It's a B plus and it could be an A. It could definitely be an A. Um, yeah. Get rid of some of this protesting and focus on what you did. More of that. You, you did a good job and your writing is actually clear when you started picking up speed here like you have short sentences a lot of i sentences i i like what could this could become i think you got to cut professional theater company out of your first paragraph and cut theater out of your last paragraph unless you're going to explain it a little bit more i mean i don't yeah it just is weirdly like why are you talking about that if you're working in a law firm or or just jump into the law firm experience and if you tighten this up and you need more stuff to talk about then talk about your theater stuff and then it could actually make sense in your final paragraph it is short you know so like if the theater came after the law firm yep you could train your replacement and then you could talk about what you did in the theater and then you could do your last paragraph or the other way around right you could Although, if the theater stuff came first, I'm not sure you want to open with the theater stuff because if you can get to Goodwin Proctor quick, more quickly, I think that's probably good. Yeah. Right. Oh, like that's sure. a powerful name drop. And it's a well, and it's 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 not really just it's not really even about the name drop, right? It's about what she did there. She did kick-ass stuff. Like, I, it's cool that it's Goodwin Proctor, but I, I'm more impressed that it's a firm and she's doing this work there. Yeah, I agree. Expand more on Goodwin and maybe just leave the theater part out of it. I suppose you could leave that in the last sentence as just an aside. So, like, based on what I learned through these discussions you know, and my background in theater, I think I mm-hmm. want to do entertainment industry stuff. Like, that, I think that's okay. Sure. And if then if I was interested, I could look at your resume and see the theater stuff. I think that would be fine yeah. as well if you don't want to really dwell yeah. on it. All right, it's time for a new feature of the show. It's called Today's Violations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
This is a recap of several of the rules that we uh, were upset. Or wait, yeah, that people violated and we got upset about. Yep. Um, and maybe this can provide some ideas for future commandments. But one of them was acronyms, right? We saw tons of acronyms. We saw VP. We saw USAF. We saw AF South. We saw V or F I C and O D N I. If you don't know what any of those mean, well, you don't give a fuck what any of those mean. Probably that's don't how them. your reader feels. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we saw lots of dates today as well. Speci- oddly specific about the time of year, fall 2020 and summer of 2020. So yep. don't need to go that specific. Nope. Adverbs, at least some of them that we saw were regularly, systematically, widely, simultaneously, ultimately. Well, I should also add those. daily, yep. weekly, daily, monthly, week. quarterly. <laughs> like search your shit for L-Y space and yep. those things would disappear. Okay. Oops. I put often in the adjectives, but <laughs> we had some adjectives as well. Often is an adverb, right? I believe. Um, we had many widespread, um, there was a bunch other, numerous, yeah, numerous, numerous Mm -hmm. socks, numerous is always irritating. That's one of the worst ones. Yeah. Yeah. Numerous. Whoa. What do you mean? Well, there were a number of them. Oh yeah. What was the number? (laughs) Like oh, we I, have variety too. Oh yeah. Variety or we get <laughs> wide variety, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then we had more mental states. Some examples include people discovering things, people realizing things, people uh, finding things even. Yep. Um, okay. Preambles. Um, <laughs> That's just oh. like when you think you have to start every sentence with two or three words and a comma. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You can just get straight to your sentence. Like, what's the actual sentence? Uh, the examples here were recently fielding questions. I did yada yada. Well, wait, okay. there was one that was particularly egregious. I'm going to go back to the top and figure out where that was. It was, um, I think it was at the top of the show. Yeah, Georgios. Recently, comma, and then his first sentence. Fielding questions, comma, and then his second sentence. When prompted, comma, and then his third sentence. And it's like, you don't have to start every sentence with like extra words. You could just get to your point. Okay. Yeah. And the other example was where uh, I'm trying to, it was the first sentence of the person's personal statement. And, oh yeah, before I started teaching cadets at West Point, I led a company of 120 soldiers. Michael's personal statement was awesome, but that... I didn't understand why we had a, a reference to something that I was completely unfamiliar with. Like the point of a preamble is to ground you, right? Like before this thing happened and presumably I know what that thing is. So now I have a reference point, but Michael just threw us in the deep end and then threw us somewhere else. So, um, okay. Another thing is, people using way too long of sentences and long paragraphs. Um, your hard and fast rule is it better not be longer than 35 words. No. Which itself is too long. Yeah, right? I think 25, man. I, I think it's 35 for me. And even then. It's risky. There's really no excuse for it. There's just no reason. You could just use a damn period sometimes. It's yeah. not that hard. 
like yep. anywhere that you've used a comma, consider, hmm, or an M dash, hmm, I wonder, or God forbid, a semicolon, huh, I wonder if I could just put a period. Yes, yeah, you could, <laughs> and it'll be better. I think most people should just try to stick to 25 words. I, I really, like, show me the sentence that you think you just can't get your point across if you don't go over 25 words. I don't believe you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The next one, uh, annoying words that we heard today. We've talked about these words before, but we saw passion, and I'm pretty sure we saw unique. Um, don't need them. Oh, there was uh, another one. Oh, well, we saw as well as instead of Oh, and. yeah, as well as. Mm-hmm. And we saw, oh, there was one more. Oh, obtain. I really don't obtain. like obtain. <laughs> I just think you could say get or whatever. It's just, it's, yeah. over, it's like this weird, like heavy handed way of speaking. It doesn't. Okay. Um, people capitalizing way too many things. The most common error is capitalizing job titles. We, we don't need your job title capitalized. But what was it? Um, Patricia just was like weirdly capitalized campus campus. Yes. And writing center. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Not necessary. Okay. We talked about cutting, cutting, cutting. We ourselves tried to cut something. We got rid of a part of a sentence. Then we decided to get rid of the whole sentence. And then we decided to get rid of a whole another sentence right next to it. Um, So when you're working on your personal statement, write, 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 and then cut, 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 and cut again. Yeah, don't try to do all this editing as you write. Yep. It's not going to come out perfectly formed. Write four pages and then edit it down to less than two. Yep. Don't don't try to write. I mean, I, it's okay to have a bunch of bullshit in there on the first draft. And then it's just going to, as you edit, it's going to get tighter and tighter and tighter down to, it does need to be somewhere between one and two pages. But that means you probably need to write quite a bit more than that before you go through this ruthless cutting process. Okay. Um, we would prefer that people use the present tense, like I sell <laughs> whatever, or I, or the past tense, I sold something. So tell us what you're doing or what you did. This odd use of the word would, I would sell, <laughs> or I would teach, or I would explain is is strange. I don't know what the name of that tense is, but don't do that. Yeah, don't it's like a past would. imperfect or something like that. It's one of those types of things where it's like there are contexts in which you you want to talk about something that you it's like you used to do it or you sometimes did it, but you don't do it. You then you didn't do it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would drink seven beers every day and then i decided that i don't want to do that and i didn't stop doing that (laughs) like that that's when you would use that (laughs) form you know you wouldn't it's not just like these are the things that i did that were good you you wouldn't say i would do them just say i did them yep okay or i do them now right or i do them now yeah well that's another thing there were strange tense problems with um who was it that was uh we had uh Sorry, it was uh, Michael started off in the past tense 
but didn't explain like at all what he does now. So it was just this, I sold software. I hunted for new <laughs> business. I called to set up meetings and I'm like, where are we? What planet are we on? I don't know what you, uh, what do you do now though? So then it was just this like strange choice to lead with that past tense. Yeah. Um, okay. We had people protesting their inexperience or really anything else that they're lacking. They, they, have this need to talk about it and like try to boost it up. It's like just either don't talk about it or don't boost it up and you will be fine. Yeah. Emphasize the shit that you want to emphasize. And if there's stuff that you want to de-emphasize, then probably omit. Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that this is a student job and you're still a student and you don't, you're worried about that part of your application apparently then, okay, then don't, say that you're a student don't say that it was a six-month job just talk about what you did at that job and i might just accidentally infer that you were working there full-time for four years i mean that's okay i'm yeah. allowed to make false inferences that are in your favor if you yeah. would let me i would yeah okay uh and then complaining <laughs> stop complaining today we had the cisgender complaint and don't get me wrong like yeah i I'm not saying it's not a valid complaint. I just don't think that the personal statement is an appropriate place to just be throwing in random complaints. No. How does anyone think that that's a point in your favor? You're like, oh, and then you wouldn't believe the shit that happened. It's like, okay, I don't care how shitty it is. Complaining about it is not winning. Winning is doing something about it. And if you didn't do anything about it, then what's there to say about it? Yeah, it. I mean... What other in what other impression am I supposed to get if you're complaining, then I infer that you are one who complains. Mm -hmm. You're a potential problem student. A complainer. <laughs> like yeah. you that's what complainers do is complain. So you're complaining. So you are a complainer, at least in that moment. And if you're not solving that problem, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. On your personal statement. All this advice yep. is for your personal statement. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. That's all I got. Those yeah. were today's violations. <laughs> the cutting Anyways. one is not really a violation. That's just a piece of advice that people ignore. Yeah, this is a mix of like commands. Right? Well, I guess not cutting. Yes. Your violation Failure is to you didn't take cut. <laughs> Failure to cut <laughs> is the violation. <laughs> all right Beautiful. all right yeah well okay if you endured with us this long <laughs> yeah thank you and by the way we recorded 20 minutes before this and then cut it um we did we had a technical difficulty this morning my bad no worries um be lsat famous yeah. get on an upcoming show by emailing help at thinking lsat.com uh if you want to submit a personal statement you have to send it through L, go to lsat.link forward slash statement. Yes, that's lsat.link forward slash statement. You'll be asked a, a, a series of questions. And if you can answer correctly those questions, then you are welcome to submit your personal statement to the show and we'll try to read it. Um, if you have questions about the LSAT demon, that's where you can prepare for the LSAT with us. Email help at lsatdemon.com or just go to lsatdemon.com and sign up for a free account. That was episode 316 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. 
Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school. Mm-hmm.